episode 107 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight is my other co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, happy Friday the 13th to you. Well, yes. hours away from it anyway. Yes, happy Friday the 13th. Absolutely. You. So do you have any uh, any plans for tomorrow at all? No, no. Uh, working and uh, hopefully I'll be able to catch a flick. Maybe two, yeah. depending, uh, you know, how much time I have before work. But uh, no, it's it's my hump day tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's middle of the week for me work-wise. So nothing too right, special this yeah. time. I, yeah, me either, unfortunately. I, I tried switching uh, at the beginning of this week. I tried switching with my uh, assistant manager. She had tomorrow off for a three-day weekend. And then I had Tuesday or uh, Wednesday yeah. off. And I was like, hey, do you want to switch? She was having none of that. So. <laughs> it would have been nice because uh, every Friday the 13th, uh, the Mayfair Theater played the uh, Friday the 13th movie. Uh, oh, okay. Been, I haven't been to one yet. So it would have been nice to go to a Friday the 13th film, you know, on the big screen. But they were playing Jason Goes to Hell. Not my favorite. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't like yeah. that one so much. I actually, I actually like Jason Goes to Hell. I don't, I don't love it. It's not my favorite. But uh, I actually, com- compared to the couple before it, which I'm not a huge fan of, I actually like that one pretty yeah, well. I, I want to do a rewatch of the whole series, like back to back to back, which might yeah. be overkill. I don't know. But uh, I really want to make Jasoners um, the next Friday the 13th because it's one of my favorites. It might even be my favorite it. because it's so, it's half of it is Canadian because half the cast mm-hmm. is from that Andromeda show because it was filmed in Toronto. Oh, right. And uh, it's just uber Jason. I've always liked that design. Um, so I want to like I saw it in the big screen back in the day when it came out. I think it was in 0103. Okay. Um, but I just see it again at the Mayfair with some one of their famous popcorn. I would love to do that. Hopefully next yeah, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. It should be that one. So hoping for the best. Right. It's cool. Yeah. I was just I was just clicking here through my uh, Friday the Thirteenth series review, which you can find at Cinefessions dot uh, com. And I gave Jason Goes to Hell uh, three stars out of four. So Oh, that's pretty I, high. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. And I gave Jason X three stars as well. Ah, that's so Freddy vs. Jason three stars. I was on a three-star kick while I was watching this, well, I guess. I have a question for you. Do you have an IMDb rating from back in the day when you Ooh, no, I don't. Because actually, I think when I did this series review, I think that would have been the first time I saw uh, a, a lot of these, actually. Okay. But um, just because like I've seen, I'd seen most of like, I've seen parts of most of these yeah. up until that point, but hadn't seen all of them. I gave it to six on IMDb. Do you have a six out of ten? Do you have that Friday the Thirteenth uh, collection they came out with a few years ago? Yeah, yes, I do. Yep, that's what I got. That Blu-ray tin is awesome. Oh, that's what, that's actually it? I got when I got that. I did this. This was back in 2014. Okay, um, but that's when I actually did this series. Yeah, it'd be fun to do a, a re-review again and just to watch them all in order and then add on to the remake because I don't think I've seen the remake since I bought the Blu-ray. When it came out in what own so okay yeah I think and I think yeah. one of the uh, one of the supernatural bros the Winchesters I think is in it because I think one was okay. in the Friday remake and then the other one was in the uh, my uh, uh, my bloody Valentine remake gotcha. I would like to check those out again. yeah I loved the uh, I loved the I give that one three and a half stars I absolutely love the Friday the Thirteenth remake movie yeah, I remember it starting really strong and then it petering out but again it's been almost like a decade since I've so. Uh, it does have a really kick-ass beginning. It's kind of kind of one of those uh, gotcha type beginnings. Kind and of I, uh, it I flowed way too quickly, and then the rest of the film was like the ten men do it again. <laughs> Story here, right. older people. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! <clears throat> yeah, Anyways, but... so what's new with yes, you? Yes, unfortunately, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm working all day tomorrow as well. Um, 
Bridget is going out. She uh, is changing jobs. And so they're having like a work or this tomorrow's her last day at her, her current job. And so they're kind of going out. Oh, fun. Uh, like night tomorrow night. So I will be home and hopefully able to watch some of you know, the Friday the 13th. Yeah. And I just realized, so this pissed me off. Oh. I went in to download, like to do the new uh, PS Plus games. Okay. And my fucking PS Plus expired. And that was the only one I didn't realize was expiring. So I didn't go in at the beginning of the month and get them. Okay. Because like my Xbox Gold is expiring at the end of this month. Oh. My Best Buy's Gamer Club Unlocked is expiring <laughs> at the end of this month. Okay. And my PS Plus. That's like $150 worth of memberships. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And so this weekend is actually double XP weekend for the Friday the 13th game, which I play with uh, Chris. Okay. And uh, so now I have to, uh, if I'm going to play with him this weekend, I'm going to have to like shell out the 50 bucks, you know, to get it going. Have they fixed that game? Because honestly, I haven't played it since it launched and I know the physical copies are are on sale tomorrow in stores. Oh, are they? I didn't realize they were. Okay. Yeah. But I keep hearing a lot of problems still. Again, I haven't really touched video gaming much or my PS4 has been collecting dust when it comes for the last little while. Um, but yeah, yeah, I haven't played it since its launch and that was buggy as fuck. No, Chris and I, uh, when it came out, we played it a good, good amount for maybe like the first month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, at this, uh, so that was like probably a month after it came out, we started playing, we played it for about a month. And at that point they'd worked out a lot of the bugs. So it was a very playable game. It was actually, it was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and we've played it since then. We played it at the double XP weekend. After that, so I don't know how long that was after it released it, but it was probably about, man, I don't know, probably like four months ago now, maybe three months ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played it, no problems at all. Like, yes, it can take a little bit of time to find a, a match just because of the matchmaking, the way it was set okay. up. But I mean, once you're in with a group, you know, we were having, we had a great time with yeah. it. Um, and it's a lot of fun. You know, it's just, it gets very repetitive because you're doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Uh, they do change it up, as you know, but- Still, at the end of the day, you're running from Jason. You know what I mean? Or you're playing as Jason, whatever the case How is. How many maps are there? Um, or is it just the one map? I think there, I think there's uh, just the one, but I believe they were adding new one, a new one or new ones. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I'm not sure if those are out yet. But I know there is a special um, Freddy, Jesus, <laughs> a special Jason this weekend. Oh, the, the Savini Jason? I yes. That was, a, uh, so. that was a pre-order bonus. Up a certain tier on okay. Kickstarter. So if they're releasing that for free, I'm going to jump. Because it looked pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I have to I have to start playing games again. That, that's my goal for like this fall. Everything I probably talked about this last week. Uh, but that's that's my goal for the next little while. It's my movie challenge and just some solid gaming. Like a, yeah. a good gaming sesh, you know? Right. Some Mountain Dew, some Cheeto balls, and a beat it. Perfect. It's a, that's a good uh, good day right there. Ah. To be 13 again. Yeah, absolutely. That's my or life. in college, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Excellent. So, without further ado, let's uh, jump into the, uh, the, the, the nitty-gritty details here. Sure. So, tonight, we are going to discuss the third film in the Corman Poe cycle with Premature Burial from 1962. And then we're going to move on to round 37 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge. Before we do that, though, let's uh, remind everyone how you can reach us on social media. You can mm-hmm. find us on Twitter at Cinefessions, on YouTube at Cinefessions, on Instagram at Cinefessions, and you can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com, or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. 
and uh, leave us a message there. We don't get a ton of calls there. So I would love to to have some people give us a call there and, and talk to us that way because that's a lot of fun. Then you get your voice on the podcast and that's always fun to hear. So definitely give us a call. And also something else that uh, my buddy Mike Hassler, uh, we need to talk about horror podcast, uh, put on his face. So with the new iOS 11 on Apple, they uh, revamped the podcast app. And now you can actually make a review without even writing anything within the podcast app at the bottom of the page. You scroll down to our podcast page. You can put a five-star review without saying a word if you don't want to. That's awesome. uh, Yes. If you like what we do and you want to either give us some words of encouragement or some, or just rate the podcast to put us up on some rankings, um, you can do that now from the, uh, from the actual app itself uh, at the bottom of the uh, podcast page. So if you can do that, that'd be awesome. I've done a few uh, today, actually, when I discovered it. Uh, oh, for good. Some, uh, podcasts that I listened to. And uh, the only thing is because I'm Canadian, so it's on a Canadian iTunes. So anything right. that's US-based, I don't see stuff, unless they've changed it. Um, but from what I can see, um, it, they haven't. So, um, yeah, so US uh, listeners, Canadian, worldwide listeners, go to your iTunes app. Throw us a review. Don't have to say anything. Just throw us some stars. The, be- the the more the better. But, you know, I want you to be honest as well. So, you know, but if it's not a five on five, let us know what we can do to improve. Because I know Absolutely. I can improve. But I look in the mirror and then that thought flees. Absolutely. Because you see perfection and it's like, how the fuck can I get better? You know, I understand you. you I understand that. 100%. I didn't say that, but I will be better. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, that's awesome news. I did not realize that. I did notice the new app because I was listening to um, a new podcast that I've actually found this past week. And uh, I noticed the layout's different because I use the podcast app a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, but I didn't realize you could do that. So that's awesome to know. So thank you for sharing. So hopefully, um, you know, as long if it's easy for people to uh, leave reviews and hopefully we'll get more of them. So yeah. thanks for pointing that out. You're welcome. And thank you, Mike. And uh, yeah, thank you, Mike. I, that's awesome. And you can also find us on Facebook. Give our Facebook page a like, facebook.com backslash Cinefessions. And um, aside from leaving us those reviews, just tell a friend. Let, a, let, let people know we're here. Let people know you enjoy That's us. Maybe they'll give us a, a listen. And that is uh, mighty important to helping our growth. So we thank you guys for that. All right. So what the hell have you done this past week? Hmm. Well, um, I, I did a lot of stuff like outside of the house. Did a lot of visiting because it was Canadian Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, and funny enough, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Canadian Sorry, Thanksgiving, I Happy Thanksgiving is also known as uh, U.S. Columbus Day. So, oh, right. Yes. So I decided on Monday, which was our Thanksgiving, to before going to Thanksgiving dinner, Canadian Thanksgiving, I would drive to the U.S. with my fiance and uh, mm-hmm. pick up some mail and has a nice little movie package waiting for me. Um, Good stuff. Get to the border. Border guard says, "What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing in the states? I'm gonna go pick up some mail." Where are you going to go? At the post office. They're closed today. Oh, what? right. <laughs> I should have I known better. I should have checked. I did not know that Canadian Thanksgiving was something on on your side of the fence. Gotcha. So that- Yeah, to be fair, I didn't know Columbus Day was something over there either. So, yeah. Yeah. So that sucked because- So we decided to still go anyways because we had crossed- Like, we were there. So, like, we'll go hit Walmart and I picked up a few flicks there. Okay. Whatever. Um. But the post office was the only thing that was closed on yep, Columbus post Day. offices and office banks. And so I enjoyed my day off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I had to drive back to the States on Tuesday to get my oh, packages. Man. So that kind of sucked. The drive is very nice though. Good. You know, uh, but it's still it's gas and time and exactly. whatever, you know. 
Um, but apart from that, I did watch a few films, and I'm going to go over them really quickly. But there's one I want to talk about, but I can't talk too much about it for spoiler reasons. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, when it comes to the uh, Alpha to Zuda to Alpha Challenge, I'm almost done my fifth leg. I've got two films left to watch on my fifth Blu-ray run. Nice. And then I got one more A to Z with DVDs, and I'm done. Woo! Yeah, so the light is shining pretty bright at the end of this tunnel. Oh, so yeah. I'm very excited. We just entered the third I, quarter, or the fourth quarter, rather, so you got plenty of time. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like first and 10, and there's like still 13 minutes left exactly. on, the, on, the, on the clock, <laughs> right? So, But because like I bought a lot of stuff recently that I can't watch because of my restrictions, and I'm like, I want to watch this. So January is going to be pretty awesome, um, or whenever I finish this, uh, this challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched Underworld Awakenings from 2012 in okay. 3D. Um, so I'd seen the first three Underworlds, and I like them. You know, like it's 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 dumb action horror. You know, right? Like, it, but it's not really scary. It's it's just it's vampires versus werewolves. What I really like the third one because it had more Martin Sheen. Is that his name, Martin? Who's uh, Lucas? That's, that is an actor. Yeah, I don't know if he's in those yeah. though. Not Martin or is it, oh, shit? Is it Martin Sheen? Charlie Sheen? Anyways, um, oh, M- Michael Sheen. Sorry, it's Michael okay. Sheen. Um, he's the guy that was in the Queen. And uh, he was in Tron, uh, re, well, like the Tron sequel. Um, anyways, uh, so Michael Sheen, uh, he played uh, Lucian in the third one. And the third one was all about, you know, the rise of the Lycans, how the Lycans came to power because they were the slaves of the vampires and how they became, you know. Um, so number four felt a lot like a reboot because they took their first two films and a few recaps um, and pretty much like wiped the slate clean and are kind of starting over in a way. There's still some history, but a lot of the excess fat has been tr- because sometimes when you get into series four or five, six, the mythos gets pretty thick sometimes. So it kind of like it wasn't evil where they kind of like, oh, let's disregard what happened in number three and we'll go straight to number four with a brand new set of people. Right. Know? So this kind of felt like that, but it was actually really good. Um, I really dug it. Uh, again, watch it on the big screen downstairs, 3D glasses was, um, Nothing to blow me away, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I enjoyed the whole thing. So, yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, well, from Wasteland, um, I'm not sure if you saw in all the stacks, I picked up from Diabolic DVD a five disc collection of the Fly films. So, it's got Fly 1, 2, and 3 from the 1950s, oh, early 60s. Mm-hmm. And then the Gold Bloom and Eric Stoltz flies from, uh, from the, oh, yeah. uh, it's an Australian set. It's region zero. So I was kind of concerned it wasn't going to work because just my luck, right? Right. Um, Columbus Day, right? So uh, so I brought it to work. I mean, watched the original fly with um, with Vincent Price at work. And uh, it was pretty cool. Now, I know what happens at the end. You know, with the whole, help me. But mm-hmm. I knew that from Ninja Turtles, the cartoon with Baxter, um, you know, the, oh. the fly guy. So I knew I was expecting that in the first fly film. But I wasn't sure what to expect. So pretty much like if you've never seen the Fly film, first of all, I thought Vincent Price was going to turn into the Fly. But in the in the in the story, it's his brother, and pretty much the oh. whole film is like a flashback because you start the movie off with Vincent Price discovering his brother's body uh, crushed in a hydraulic machine, hmm. and then you know his wife saying, "I killed him, but I didn't kill him." You know, like okay, what's going on? So. The whole film is one long flashback on how his brother became the fly. So, did not expect that. And then the whole help me thing at the end, hilarious. Expected the uh, the verbiage, did not expect the scenario. So, 
even though it's like 50 plus years old, I was actually, and I knew the mythos of it, um, I was actually surprised at the end. Um, now, that being said, because it's not Vincent Price that's metamorphosing into the fly, I found the film was lacking a lot of Vincent Price. Because, again, it's not his story we're telling, it's his brother's story. So, he's kind of bookended at the front and at the, at the back of the film. And the meat of the movie, he's not really in it very much. Like, he's in it, but just, he's not the focus point. So, mm-hmm. which is too bad just because I really enjoy Vincent Price. Um, but I still really enjoyed The Fly. Um, I watched uh, for the uh, for the challenge World War Z in this time. Oh, okay. I've never oh, seen that nice. before. Um, I'm getting kind of tired of zombie movies, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, I guess, with The I... Walking Dead, it's just, it's just out there now. Nothing really shocks me anymore. Yeah. Um, but now, I did like this just because, you know, it's kind of like a zombie film. But it's not a post-apocalyptic zombie film. It's like a how it actually happened. Um, right. I've never seen Fear the Walking Dead, so I'm assuming it's kind of like that because it leads up to like the zombie outbreak. So this is kind of like 28 Days Later meets Contagion, which I kind of like. So it's it's a zombie thriller, but it's also like a medical thriller in a way, trying to find patient zero and whatnot. Um, so I liked it, you know. Um, if they're still making a sequel, I'd totally watch it. Um, yeah, I believe they – I'm almost certain they are. I remember – Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's not even that far out. I thought the project stalled, right. to be honest with you. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. So I'm not huh. sure if uh, it's still on. Uh, maybe I'm full of shit, but just it's been a long time because that film came out in 2013, and I heard sequel talk right away. And well, fuck, we're yeah. almost 2018 now, and there's nothing still. So who knows? Um, I rewatched Blade Runner, and I posted about it on my Facebook thread, and became a whole social, pretty much one of the most popular threads on my Facebook page in a very long time because I get maybe <laughs> five or six responses. If I'm lucky on something. And this yeah. went all bonkers. Um, so I watched the final cut. Now, have you seen uh, Blade Runner recently at all? Recently, no. I watched, frankly, I don't even remember which version I watched, but I watched it a long time ago when that like five disc Blu-ray set first came out. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I, I really want to rewatch it, but right now it's all been horror. And so I- well, we, we watched Blade Runner because the 146 one. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. But I knew what the gist of the film was, and Melissa had not seen it at all. And uh, well, I was bored to tears by it. Like it's it's nice. Um, oh, really? Oh, the the soundtrack is awesome. Like the Vangelis soundtrack is amazing. But yeah. I was bored to tears, and I've always been bored wow. to tears. That's why I'm like I've seen this before, but I can't remember any of the scenes because oh, you're talking about the original right now. Well, right now, well, I watched the final cut, the the most I oh, guess okay. the final I, okay. definitive cut of it. Not um, the not the one in theaters. You're you're not talking about. The- no, 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 not not, not okay. the new one, uh, the, the the original film, like the final gotcha. cut uh, uh, the, on the five disc set, and okay. some uh, again, I think it was the first time for me watching the final cut mm-hmm. because there is this scene, and this what kind of blew up the the Facebook. There's mm-hmm. a scene where Deckard, that's uh, Harrison Ford's character, kind of forces himself upon um, Sean Young's character, and apparently that's only in the final cut. Um, so the final cut has no narration and has this kind of rapey ish scene to it hmm. um now we don't see anything but he forced himself upon it right so okay. so uh, melissa made a comment on my facebook page like ah the movie's okay but you know i'm not for the scene and then it, the thread just just went went off because well one um i don't recall this in other versions and i guess other versions don't have it and people are miffed that in the final cut it's in there because there's really no need for it to be there in the first place 
Apparently, if you want to watch the best version of Blade Runner, apparently it's a director's cut where there's the shitty, but it's still there narration from Harrison Ford. And that scene's taken out. So apparently that's the, the version you should be watching. Like that's the, the best version, which I also don't understand because you've got, so it's got five versions, right? You've got the, the yeah. US theatrical, you've got the work print, you've got the director's cut, you've got the final cut. And I think there's one more. But if the director's cut is the director's cut, then who did the final cut? Or is that Ridley Scott going back to redo his director's cut? These answers are out there, and I was trying to find them, but I yeah. cannot fucking remember because I was actually reading about this not too terribly long ago. And I could easily search into it myself, but yeah. I thought I'd you know, just throw it out there. Uh, just, I could kind of skip my – I kind of forgot about it, you know, outside of the mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so we, we watched that. I Again, I'm not – not the biggest. Some people think it's a masterpiece. Some people yeah. hate it. I don't hate it. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I think it's in the middle. I do know I do want the soundtrack on vinyl. Um, but that's, yeah, I'd have to watch it. Honestly, I think I need to watch a director's cut. But I just don't want to watch it right now because the final cut was such a, it really was a yeah. bore, whatever. Hmm. But I'll move along. Um Minus. So did you go see that? You haven't seen the new one yet. Though. No, we were supposed to on Sunday. And okay. then, uh, uh Life happened. We just didn't go out yeah. or we wanted to stay home or whatever. So we didn't right, go see it right. yet. Oh, no, we wanted to go to the drive-in on Saturday night. And oh. uh, it was supposed to rain. So we didn't. So we went to the Mayfair, which segments me into this next film. So we went to see a movie called Better Watch Out. It's a horror oh, yeah. home invasion film set at Christmas mm-hmm. time. It, it says here it was it's a 2016 film, but um, it's, it's getting released on Blu-ray, I think, on December 5th. I saw today on Blu-ray.com. So we had a chance to see it on the big screen. I think this is one of my favorite. Cre- I was mm. blown away. So it starts off as whatever, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? I can, I can see the beats here. It's your whatever Halloween ish slasher film, home invasion film, but set in Christmas time. Um, like I'm like, I'm watching here. I'm like, I'm just here just because. I'm getting my my cred for the film, you know, like oh yeah, I saw this in the theaters, big deal. Like I'm not into it right. at all. And then it takes yeah. a fucking left turn, and I'm like, holy shit! I did not expect what happened. What just like I couldn't believe what just happened, and I okay. am all in. Like so, it starts oh, off nice. a bit like whatever, like every other you know horror film, and it goes a it goes a direction I didn't expect, and I fucking loved it. I loved mm. it. I even gave it five stars on Letterboxd, even though I wasn't a fan of the beginning. But the beginning just sets you up for the rest of the film. Um, so this movie, uh, it, it doesn't star anybody. Well, okay. So it does have uh, Patrick Warburton, who played the original Tick in the 90s live action from Fox. And Virginia Madsen, mm. who, was in, um, who was in Candyman. But they're just like, you know, the story is babysitters babysitting. Uh, a kid before she goes off to college parents are going out so she's babysitting and it's just her and the kid and then shit happens right that's pretty so uh patrick and virginia they're there like at the beginning and they're at the far end and then the rest it's just the babysitter uh her name is ashley and it's played by olivia de jong just see here on her imdb if i see it and i don't uh she was in sister oh she was becca in the visit uh, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan film. Oh. Well, fuck me. I did not recognize her at all. Was that the, like the, the sister? Uh, yeah, I think so. Let me just double check that quickly. The visit. 
Uh, two siblings. The siblings are Becca and Tyler. Yeah. So she's the sister in oh, the visit. Okay. Well, I didn't recognize her, but again, she's really young in that yeah. film and kids right. kind of grow up really quick. Um, yeah, like yep. she's born in 98. Uh, so I didn't recognize her from anything else. So she's in the visit and, uh, the kid, uh, his name is Dakre Montgomery. He plays Jerry. Nope. That's not him. Pardon me. That's hmm. somebody else. Hold on. Oh, he's a Power Ranger. Uh, ah, it's Luke Levi Miller. <laughs> he's the uh, kid that's getting babysat. And if I'm looking here, he's in nothing I've ever seen. Okay. In, he was in Pan. He was playing. Oh, he's Peter in the movie Pan. I believe that was the one with Hugh Jackman. Hmm. We're checking that right now. And yes, it was. So he's in the film. Was that a TV movie? I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. No, no I thought no, that was not. in theaters. Okay. Anyways, um, they're both awesome. Like this movie is one to check out. Like I loved it. Um, I want to talk more about it, but I can't because it's going to ruin the fun of the film. It's one of those movies that you have to go in like, gotcha. don't go look at trailers. Just it's coming on the 5th of December on Blu-ray. Um, if it's playing at your local indie plex, go check it out. Don't look it up. Just go see it. It's called Better Watch Out. It is fucking awesome. So that was my highlight of Wikimedia. And then apart from that, then I did my uh, my duties and my homeworks for uh, for the podcast tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, Better Watch Out is worth checking. I give it five stars. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Chris actually was like going through my unwatched movies and he was like, oh, you haven't seen um, Night of the Demons. He's like, okay, well, I challenge you to watch that. And he's like, you can pick something for me. And so I was going through like a list that he had on Letterboxd and uh, because he's seen so many, it's like impossible for me to find it, anything that he hasn't. But um, one of the ones that was on like the film school rejects top 16 from last year was that movie that you um better watch out and so oh, i was like oh okay i'll challenge you to watch that one and uh he didn't tell me anything about it but he did text me and say i don't know what the fuck i just watched right now like in all cap so i'm not sure if he yeah. loved it or hated it or what but it sounded like it was pretty uh crazy whatever it was so oh yeah it is it, it's it's pretty fucking good like i'm thinking about it right now and my left arm <laughs> not my right my left arm is getting goosebumps yeah that's awesome. Like, well, good. Like, I can't wait to watch it again. Like this will like we had Krampus last year. Yeah. It was okay. I need to see it. Wasn't like so. I bought it. Am I going to rewatch it this winter? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm picking it up and I'm going to watch it again. That's how good it was. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those like fuck yeah horror films. So totally worth it. Good. That's that's really cool. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So what did you do? Let's see. So I had a uh, a decent um, a decent week this week again, which I'm pretty happy about. So uh, mm-hmm. starting off on the game game side of things, so I ended up uh, renting NHL 18 just because I'd been like craving it and I didn't want to spend the money on it because I'm I I'm waiting for it to go on sale. But the fucking thing, every other game that came out around the same time has gone on sale yeah. except that one. It's pissing me off. But so here's the deal: you can do a like 32 team expansion draft so an expansion draft and you can create a 32nd team because obviously now with vegas there's 31 teams um you can either start a regular franchise do a franchise as vegas where you can pick up as their current team or you can redo their um draft their expansion draft and pick a new team or you can do a 32 team, add a second team. So what I did was uh, did a second, a 30 second team. So I added like I created the Hartford Whalers because they have their logo, old vintage logo <laughs> in there. Okay. And so like that whole thing took me fucking forever. Like it took me two hours, and I only got through the creating of the team. 
I had to create then the minor league team for him, which I did the Flint Firebirds just because that's so Hartford Whalers were there. And then there were the Plymouth Whalers in Detroit here in the, I think it's ECHL. And then from Plymouth Whalers, they became the Flint Firebirds. And so I just used that as their AHL affiliate, even though it's not an AHL team, but you create them and blah, blah, blah. Is it because of the water? (laughs) Yeah. I have I have no fucking idea. The fact that they put a hockey team in Flint just blows my fucking mind. Flint is an absolute it's rude, but it is it is not a nice area <laughs> by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. Um yeah. And I I yeah, I feel like it's not going to last very long there. I don't know what their attendance numbers have been, but I cannot imagine it's very high. Not exactly the um demographic for hockey fans in that area, sure. but sure. anyway, the uh, whole thing took me 2 hours and I I did my fan my draft and so like the computer will protect the players it's supposed to protect in the expansion draft and yada, yada, yada. So you pick your team. I can't really tell you what my team is now because it was really late last night and it was just, I was so like done with it. I just, I finished picking my team and I saved it and I turned it off. And so I don't really, I know I picked Alvocator up from the wings. Um, I picked up um, a young goalie. I want to say he's like Noreski or something. I don't know. I can't remember, but he's like uh, elite potential and he's only like 20 four or 23 or something and so i hope that's a good one but whatever um yeah so i haven't actually played a regular like five on five game yet um the only game i did play uh yes like earlier so like two nights ago i did a threes matchup which they have this like nhl threes now where it's uh, like a three on three arcade style game yeah really nhl hits um well have you played um yeah, so there was a game that came out for the Xbox Live Arcade. I think it came out around the same year as either NHL 09 or NHL 10. So it's using that same physics engine and everything, but it's like cartoony okay. graphics. It's called 3 on 3 NHL Arcade. And it's you, I, I have it on okay. Xbox Live Arcade. It might be on PSN too. I assume it is, but I don't have it there, so I don't know. But anyway, yeah. It's more reminiscent of that than the Hits games cuz Hits was still 5 on 5. I think you there were modes where you could do lesser, Ooh. right? But before that was NHL Hits Pro. Oh, okay. Which was five on five. Prior to that, for the Xbox was NHL Hits, and it was like a three on three arcade, like uh, like NBA. I didn't realize that was three on three. Okay. Yeah, and that was fun. I I love that. That's cool. You know, I I I have played Hits Pro, but because which was yeah when I went back to it, that also was an awesome game. Yeah, and it's always I've always what I heard about it back when I actually got it was. You can make it as like arcadey as you want, but you can actually tweak the sliders so much that you can make it a simulation game as well. And so that's why I ended up picking it up. But I've since sold it, but I'm in the process now of buying like all these old sports games again, which I have just tons now. And so that's uh, one I have to add back to my list, but I don't own it at this point. But yeah, so what I've only played is Hits Pro. And so I was, that's why I guess that's why I was thinking it was the five on five. But Mm -hmm. now I really want to get one of the older ones as well. Knowing that it's three on three, because I think there's NHL hits. Uh, it's like 2002 and 2003, I believe, and then pro. If I'm, I think you're right. I think there was I think Broders on the cover of it. Yes, yes, yeah. I think that was uh, the uh, like 2002, maybe. Yeah, I think they only made one ver like one year of it. Well, there's I'm no, there's there's sure. tw- there's NHL hits 2002, NHL hits 2003, and NHL hits pro. So there is okay, three. So- Okay, then I had I had the one with Brodeur on the cover and I had Pro. Okay, gotcha. And they were both awesome. 
like for five on five was great. Remind me of the old like NHL 90 game mm-hmm. because I played more arcade and, uh, and just like the first one with Broder. It's just, it's, it's body checking and slap shots and oh, so much fun. It, it's like that basketball game arc, arch rivals in a way. Like a <laughs> right. Version of that. Yeah. Man, is that Broder? He's not wearing a uh, goalie's mask. It's, it's the captain of New Jersey. Isn't that uh, Scott Stevens? Isn't that on the pro? I have to check show. This is like this is like my fucking wheelhouse. This is my shit. Like this is your jam. Sports son. video games. Yeah, I could talk about this, this shit jam. all day because this is like okay, well, what I'm I fucking do. Sh- I'm full of shit. Okay, so you got Keith Kachuk from the Blues on one. Yeah, you got Scott oh, Stevens two. on the other. I was Third. sure there was one oh, with Broder, but I guess I am out to lunch. I must be out to I lunch. Could see how, I could see how you could because I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm mistaken uh, on that, but. Uh, I yeah, would that's love interesting. for this to get re-released, you know. Yeah. Um, it won't because of licensing issues. Right, but, exactly. Uh, or or to, to just have another Midway hockey arcade game. Like, I would love that. Yeah, that's very cool. So now that I know that, I actually I want to get all of those now. Just because I am, like, collecting all the sports titles. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Pro has uh, Lindstrom on the cover. So, you know, I was all about that shit. Oh, I bet. But anyway, so yeah. now that we're bored, our uh, bored our listeners enough of that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but any, anyway, the threes reminds me more of that NHL three on three style, just a little less over the top. Okay. Um, it's it's going to be like a, it's a quicker pace to it, you know, faster gameplay, uh, bigger hits, things like that. Um, but there are still penalties. But instead of going to the box, the team just gets a penalty shot. Okay. Um, they're, the puck will turn a certain color, and that's like it's I forget what fire. they call it. You, yeah, type of thing. Yeah, I remember um, on the old pro or the old mm-hmm. hits game. Um, you score three goals in a row, and you're on fire. So then, pretty much, oh, any so sh- like NBA Jam. You yeah. know, in a way, yeah, in a way. Very cool. Yeah, but so like some of the goals will either give you two points or it'll give you one point, but it'll take away a point from the opponent. So I really? we, I played up to five, and you had to win by two. Okay. I mean, I played for probably took me know, oh, fifteen minutes and. Like each period is only like maybe two or three minutes long. Okay. And so I went through like a bunch of different periods until you finally get to the end until I finally won. But so that uh, mode by itself, is it worth picking up? For that mode alone, yeah. I can't say yes, just because it's not really what I look for in a sports game. Okay. I'm not a huge arcade guy. Yeah. Now that said, I played NHL three on three arcade. Like I played that a shit ton. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do enjoy arcade games, but I need like a franchise mode. You know, I need gotcha. a season mode. And actually, they patched one in to NHL 18 for the threes mode. I just haven't started. I haven't tried it yet. I think it's like a tour. Like you take your team on a tour and play so many different people. I don't know what the end game is or anything. But like you're not trading people. You know, you're not re-signing free or signing free agents, Mm -hmm. re-signing players, anything like that, you know, because it's arcade. But there is a bit of a season mode there that uh, has got my attention. So I'm going to try it. I just haven't yet. But I I just got to say like the expansion draft aspect of it is is really well done like it's it took me so much time like i was initially trying to make the quebec nordiques uh-huh. but they have the fucking vintage logo in there yeah. but they don't have the nordiques as a play-by-play team name i'm like what, what the fuck are you kidding me like they have the whalers yeah. they have like all the other vintage logos but for some reason they don't have nordiques i'm like why the fuck would you not include that when you have the logo and it's clearly going to be one of the most popular you know uh teams that people make because they've been you know talking about wanting to bring it back and blah 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 like how would you leave out the nordiques like that just blew my mind i was i was pissed but i went with uh the uh the whalers instead so okay 
all's well. Anyway, um, moving on from that, I also beat Grand Theft Auto 3 last night. Nice. Um, I was, as I mentioned, I'm playing that as a PS2 classic on the PS4. Mm-hmm. And that game, it's just fantastic. It's hard to believe that game came out in 2001. And like, I can absolutely see why I and essentially the entire rest of the world was so utterly obsessed with that game 16 years ago because it it must have just blown me away what it could do because i mean it's it's pretty remarkable now even like it holds up really well uh the controls you know they take a little bit getting used to but after about an hour of gameplay or so like i was right back in the groove of things and uh it's just it's fucking fun and it's so open i beat the story now and i've only completed um, it said I only completed 31% of the game. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more to do. It's just ridiculous. There's all the extra missions that you don't, that aren't main story missions. You have to, you can collect all the hidden packages. You can do all the, like, uh, the missions when you're in an ambulance, all the missions when you have a cop car, like there's just so much shit to do. It's amazing. But I love that game. I beat that. The last mission was a pain in the ass, but, um, I did have to walk away once last night cause I was like, my eyes are tearing up cause I wasn't blinking <laughs> and I was like, I'm getting pissed. Like I got to walk yeah. away. But I came back and I was able to beat on the next on the next go around. Well, so. you know I actually remember calling in CT. Yes, that's awesome. I'm sure I was in high school at that point, so I'm sure I would have. Uh, I like to stay home a lot when I was in high school, so I'm sure I did that a few times when not. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun it's game. Fantastic. And I'm more of a fan of Vice City just because I just dig. Yeah, I remember they had a uh, box set, CD box set of all the radio stations. Oh yeah! And I never picked it up, and I would love to find it because it's that would such be good awesome. Music. Like all the channels were really good, right? Yeah, no, I love it. I usually put on Chatterbox just because I listen to that. Me but... too. I'm a big Laszlo fan, so yeah. Yes, I, I'm all about the talk radio when it comes to GT. <laughs> I know. I remember loving Vice City as well because in Vice City you could actually use uh, motorcycles, which I always was just enamored by, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I love that one too. But actually what I've decided is that I'm going to go with the numbered ones right now okay. um, just because I want to kind of get to like the next level of graphics. And so I'm going to go to GTA 4 next, which I've heard – I played it a little bit, but I don't remember much about it at all. So I'm excited to really dive into that one. Well, 4 and then, really wowed me because when you went from the yeah. GTA 3 and then Vice City mm-hmm. and, and San Andreas, San Andreas, they all kind of looked yeah. the same. And I yep. thought 4 was such a graphical upgrade. It yeah, that's what I'm excited me floored me like just the lighting effects with like the sun when you're driving under like the the, the subway tracks and stuff okay i thought it was just so cool yeah that's awesome yeah see like the reason i got this itch is because i was watching i, I i'm obsessed with uh this youtuber called lazy game reviews i think he does just his main focus is on like uh pc games okay. he does a lot of older vintage pc games yeah. and he's fantastic um, but what, uh, he, he was doing some video where he had some, um, gameplay footage of GTA 5. And I was just like, oh my God, that's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to take this to the next level. Like, yeah. I have to play it with these better graphics and better physics and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I'm excited to jump into four. I'm sure that'll take me just forever to beat if I ever manage to, but then go to five and then I'll wrap back around if I'm still interested. But, oh, you'll be able we'll to see. Be, the games are, are made to be beaten. You know, like yeah. they're not super hard. Yeah. You can always go back to the store and load up on more ammo if you have to. Um, right. It's just, I just find the, the game just so much fun. The story is just mm-hmm. enthralled. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm not so much about finding all the hundred different packages around the city. No, me either. Just yeah. the main storyline. I think it's fantastic. And the and Definitely. the voice acting gets so much better as a series. Yeah, it was funny. I was, I was, uh, some of the voice acting is not that great in three, but I was recognizing some of the actors and uh, I was... Um, so also make no, just a uh, kind of an update on this because you mentioned it earlier. This is uh, GTA three is actually the seventh video game I've beaten this year, which oh. 
uh, now means that I've beaten that goal that I set myself at the beginning of the, of the year. Okay. Uh, one of my goals was to beat five video games. And so I was able to beat that. So I'm happy about that. So the, I, without looking at it, yeah. uh, I've kind of, I've tossed out the learn to play a song on the t- guitar thing. Cause I've just not been able to do that. Um, but well, so, so, uh, well, other than so that so one, you're, you're going to fail one of your challenges. Is that, is that, is that, yeah, that one, that one will definitely, definitely be a failure. Oh, yes. You still have, you still have time. There's yeah. still like 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but yeah, the guitar and I just uh, didn't work out the way I'd hoped. But um, aside from that one, the other one that um, I have to do yet is finishing the uh, comic book, the graphic novel run. Okay. I'm, um, I want to say about a quarter of the way through that, and so I got to really buckle down on that this quarter so I can I can finish that. Well, so. As long as you enjoy them, like it, exactly. it sucks to read something Absolutely. when you're forced to read it, but as long as you just enjoy it, then right. Yeah, and let's say that you know we take a break uh, at Christmas time, and we come back. You know, like let's say on the eighth of January, I'll give you those mm-hmm. eight days to finish. <laughs> That'll count. Oh, totally, oh, totally. I'll, I'll let you. I'll give you. I'll give you those bonus days if you need it. If you need it, that, you're a generous <laughs> gentleman. I appreciate that. I'm mad at the people. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I got so much shit to talk about. So I also did some purchasing this week. I grabbed uh, Mass Effect Andromeda oh, yeah. for the Xbox One. I paid. One dollar and eighty-eight cents, and let me tell you how I did okay, this. Okay, go ahead. So, the so first off, the game has been on sale for like the past two weeks, and it's literally been dropping like fifty cents a day. Yeah. Like it started off at like twenty bucks, and then it dropped down all the way down to when I purchased it, I it was eleven dollars and eighty-eight cents. Hmm. But Amazon was offering a free ten-dollar Amazon gift card if you signed up for the Amazon Prime music trial free for 30 days. So I signed up for that. I got my $10 gift card. I went in and made sure that it was not going to renew on my debit card Mm -hmm. after the 30 days were up. So I've canceled that and I got my free $10 gift card still. So I put that toward Mass Effect Andromeda, paid $1.88. So brand new game, paid less than two bucks for it. I own the rest of the Mass Effect series. I've not played any of them, (laughs) but I now own the entire series. And I played a, I paid a pittance for this last one. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I don't know if that deal is still going on for our listeners, if you're interested in that, but definitely check it out because it might be, uh, to get that free $10 Amazon gift card. It's worth looking into just to see if you can still, but super easy. Just make sure you go in and cancel it right when you're done mm-hmm. and you'll have the gift card still. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm you've excited, played man. any of the Mass Effects games at all? No, I played the first one. I played for like, 10 minutes okay. i couldn't get out of the first area like there was a path that you're supposed to take for some reason i couldn't find it and so this was when i was working at gamestop and of course i opened my mouth and told them this and then for the rest of my tenure while working at gamestop i was just relentlessly uh mocked for not being able to find the path to get out <laughs> okay and so i haven't come back to it but i, I will um I, I will i have like all these I have so many of these different fucking ideas for like YouTube video game series that I want to do. Yeah. And uh, so that falls into one of them um, kind of going through, you know, p- games that people consider classics that I have not touched mm-hmm. or played uh, that have, uh, you know, um, any nostalgia for it all. So yeah, uh, hopefully I'll touch it, uh, give, give it a try soon enough, but we'll see. Okay. I also grabbed a couple books. Um, so speaking of that same idea, I grabbed the, um, the first one was 100 Greatest Console Video Games, 1977 to 1987. Ooh. Yeah. So this is like, this is a hardcover book. It looks gorgeous. I already received this one. It looks awesome. Um, but this is an era, 77, 87, that I didn't really 
spend a lot of time because I, I, you know, I was born in 86. I spent a lot of time with the Nintendo, some time with Atari because my uncle had it. Yeah. But most of the time it was Nintendo. And then, uh, like, you know, my uncle gave me his Nintendo, but then the first system my parents bought me was Super Nintendo. So that's really my era, you know, NES and up. Um, and so I really want to dive into this book and just try everything mm-hmm. that's in this book, these 100 games. And the very, it's in alphabetical order, not like the top 100, like, okay. you know, yeah. so from worst right. to best or anything. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and number one is adventure from the Atari. And I've always heard awesome things about it. And my thing is, I want to see if it holds up now. Like, obviously it's impossible for me to play the game in the context of when it was released. You know, it's the, like really considered, you know, one of the first adventure games. And so the predecessor to all these things that I know now, but I can't, I can't change the fact that I didn't play it then. And so I want to approach it just to see, does it hold up now? You know, is it still something that's worth going back to? And that's kind of what I'm hoping to do with, you know, all these that I haven't tried. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so we'll see. And then uh, the other one is the 1001 video games you must play before you die. So again, same idea. I just want to take a look, see what, see what's in there. I haven't received that one yet um, in the mail, but hopefully that'll come in the next couple of weeks here. Cause it was, that one wasn't prime shipping. That was just a regular like second party or third party seller. What do but, you do? Take some and post that up on the Instagram. See that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, good, good call. Good yeah. call. I need to do that with the, the one that I got already. Yeah, please do. Oh, did I tell you that I got, that I purchased the uh, paperbacks from Hellbook? Um, I think I saw on your Twitter. Okay, yeah, that you're probably you're probably right. Yeah. So this if you don't know, this one it covers like basically I think it covers even the big the heavy hitters, but it covers a lot of like the obscure horror mm-hmm. novels that were released from like the 70s and 80s. And that era is just ripe with awesome underappreciated yep. gems. And the cover art on these things are just, they're works of art, man. They are, it's gorgeous. And so that's really what this book is highlighting. And it gives you like, you know, details about the books themselves to tell you, you know, are they worth reading? Are they not? And so I can't wait to go through it. It looks, it's gorgeous book. It's only paperback, but it's like, you know, the larger, um, like heavy duty paperback. So it doesn't feel cheap at all, even though it's not hardcover. Um, but it, it looks awesome. And that's another one. Like when I actually pick it up, I'll definitely post some pictures of, of it on uh, the Instagram. Cause it looks really gorgeous. And I can't wait to just add all these books that I've never heard of before, just to my list because their covers look yeah. awesome. And, like, and that's the thing. I remember like growing up cool. and looking at these books at the library and at like the supermarkets mm-hmm. and like you, you had your Stephen King books, you had your Kundra Stroud books, but then all these like paperback yeah. books. People, you know, judge books by covers. So you have to have, you have, yeah. to have some really cool art to actually like get you to pick exactly. it up off the shelf and actually look at it before you buy it, you know? Um, like I yeah. pre-ordered that book or pre-ordered, I ordered that book as well. I haven't received it yet. Um, but I'm hoping okay. you know, once I get it, I can go through it. And then if there's any titles that look interesting, hopefully they're available on the Kindle. Right. I can just download the book. Yeah. So that's my exactly. goal. I'll do a lot more reading next yeah. year. So this is a way to squirm into that. Yeah, absolutely. I need that's yeah, that's definitely something I'm I'm hoping to focus on as well. But um yeah, it's just like when I was I think I mentioned this before like the one of the first things I really started collecting um in recent times were books and I just when I lived in West Virginia, they had this really cool used bookstore um and it just this paperbacks from hell books reminds me of walking through those halls, even though it was only, you know, whatever, six, mm-hmm. seven years ago. Um, just walking through those, uh, you know, just the stacks and stacks of books and seeing all these incredible paperbacks. It just looked awesome and not knowing anything about them and just buying them. And I have so many now upstairs in my attic, yeah. like just sitting there. So, uh, it's very cool. Um, I'm excited to go through that. So last but not least, I did watch some movies. So 
I, uh, as I mentioned, I was trying to do a horror challenge, 31 movies in, in uh, yeah. 31 days for October. My goal initially wasn't to watch a horror movie a day. And, um, you know, I'm still not committed that that I think that is something that will uh, I'll succeed on. But so far, I have watched a horror movie a day. Um, and uh, so as long as I can watch one tonight, I'll still be on track. And so I've been doing well and I've actually, uh, you know, my days off, been able to watch sometimes more than one, which is always good. So I'm, uh, let's see, I'm 16 movies in, I think. So I'm just, I'm over, I'm over halfway there now. Yeah, I'm 16 movies into my challenge. Um, and another challenge that I set for myself at the beginning of the year was to watch 52 unwatched um, Blu-ray or DVDs in my collection. And I watched, one of the movies I watched this week was Night of the Demons. And that was number 50 of my okay. unwatched. And so doing well there. I'm actually, compared to years past, I'm, I'm actually watching a lot more movies this year. Uh, right now I'm on film 136, which, uh, you know, isn't, isn't a ton for a lot of people. But, you know, uh, in my time, that's actually a, a very uh, decent amount up to this point in the year. So I'm, I'm excited about that. It's been a, it's been a fun year for yeah, movie as, watching. As and just to okay. compare... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just just to compare. Last year, I watched 117 movies. Uh, 2015, I watched. Uh, let's see, I watched 123 movies. So, and I have. I keep going on and on. But yeah. So, just compare it years past. Uh, you know, this is this is more. So that's always that's always good. Yeah, I'm on the championship path as well. Um, as for the last good. letterbox uh, newsletter I got, um, mm-hmm. and I think the last movie I watched was the Better Watch Out. Um, at that time, I'm at 302 yep. movies. Nice, very good. Uh, from uh, looking at like some of my friends, you know, they were like in the 500s. I just oh wow, able to, I would never be able to watch that many. I find I've watched no a way. And really, I would say a good like 90 percent of them are first time watches because I watch the rest, um, you know, mm-hmm. podcast movies. So yeah, uh, and that's that's the thing. A lot of mine this year too have been first time watches, and uh, to me, that's awesome. You know, it's it's. I love rewatching stuff I love, but you know, I love learning more. Yeah. And that's frankly what we're doing by watching movies you haven't watched is just learning more. And so the vast majority have been uh first time viewing. So I'm excited about that. Now, back then to the Demon remake. Yes. Okay. What did you think of that Correct. film? Yeah, so I actually I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Um and interestingly enough, what it really reminded me of was uh The Evil Dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which came out uh whatever. When did Night of the Demons was like 86, uh, I want to say, 86, 80, somewhere in there. Yeah. So it came out a few years after the Evil Dead. Um, and, um, you know, I honestly think that I liked it more than the Evil Dead. It seemed to move quicker. 88. Um, it, 88. Okay. So yeah. After Evil Dead. Um, it seemed to move quicker than Evil Dead for me. Um, and it just was more fun overall to spend time with, I thought, than The Evil Dead. And, um, you know, I'm on record in podcast, uh, you know, <laughs> saying that I was not a huge fan of Evil Dead 2. Okay. Um, and I definitely think I enjoyed Night of the Demons more than Evil Dead 2. But I really do like Evil, the original Evil Dead. But, man, putting them side by side, I'm surprised Night of the Demons isn't talked about as, on the same level as The Evil Dead. Because I think they're very similar. And I think they're – man, in, in terms of one being better than the other, it's probably – Whatever I'm feeling that day, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Well, that had been one of my first time watches as well this year, and I was okay. floored that I had never watched it prior to this because I yes. loved it. 
Um, yeah, good. The music was really good as well. Like I, I even Googled the band so I can actually buy the vinyl, which I haven't yet. Okay. Um, but I thought the music was good. I thought the, the special effects were awesome. It's a fun film. Yeah. Uh, if, when that lipstick yes. scene where she's doing the lipstick and then it like disappears. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I love that. It's and awesome. Well, I had talked to Linnea last weekend when we were at Wasteland and I told her it was the first yes. I'd ever seen it. And I was just floored by it. I'm like, I can't okay. believe this film doesn't have more uh, recognition than it does. And you exactly. know what? Maybe it's just my head in the sand because it does have two sequels. So it's not like it was, it's a, a gem that's, right. you know, that's hidden. Um, people talk about it, just not very loudly. You know, um, I want to see exactly. two and three. I would love to, like if they came out with the trilogy box set, I would rebuy it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love the first one and I, I want to seek out two and three. I just don't think they have a proper release. Yeah, me too. Not that I've ever seen, at yeah. least. Maybe uh, overseas. Did you watch the, uh, the remake? I did. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, what's his name, right? Uh, the guy who did Postal yeah, and Furlong's in it, and it's got Sh- I believe Shannon Elizabeth, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, yeah, oh, really? It's, it's well, maybe I'm thinking. I, of something I bought else. it. Let me go back here. And then the demons. Um, yeah, Shannon Elizabeth, Edward Furlong. Um, it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. It's. Uh, I was very disappointed by it. Um, I didn't rate it because I was on Letterboxd at the time, but it's it's a piece of shit. Don't oh, even bother. Linnea, quick. Uh, she, Linnea's in that one too, I see. Probably just a cameo. She plays yeah, ballerina. She plays like maybe? a ballerina girl. Okay. Uh, it, that's yeah, not uh, who, that's not the movie I was thinking of. Um, I was oh. thinking of um, uh, House of the Dead is what I was thinking of. I just thought about it. Oh, By, uh, with, uh, 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 Yui Bull or however you say yeah. his name. Yeah. Uwe yeah. Bull. Yeah. yeah, that guy. I would fight okay. you if you don't love me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Outside the Dead has its moments. You know, I do like the girl dressed up in the Stars and Stripes doing a Matrix move with a shotgun. That's oh, okay. Cool. I, I need think to see that. Too, that's how I remember her. But, oh, um, gotcha. It's still, it's still, it's a girl. Like it was that yeah. and uh, Alone in the Dark, back to back shitty. Film. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, Night of the Demons, the remake. Don't even bother if you see it on sale. Um, burn it. That's funny. Chris was actually saying he actually liked the the re- he said it wasn't bad. So I was I was interested in, in checking it out, but uh at some uh, point if I get a chance to I probably will. But we'll see. Know, if you have a gun to your head, go for it. It's <laughs> like, you know, watch this or get a bullet. Oh, yeah. I have to think about it, you know? Uh, it's just it's Speaking of Winnipeg, fun. how are the Jets doing so far? Well, well they're one and two right now. Uh they're there you playing go. the Canucks okay. at uh, 2200 hours tonight, so after we're done recording, I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah, Wings are playing uh, Arizona tonight. So, and we're uh, we're two and one. Vegas, the, the the other team I'm following this year, are three and zero. Oh. I'm excited to get the the Vegas Red Wings showdown in a couple days here. So, well, just because I have to gamble a bit, I signed up to DraftKings. Uh, oh, not okay. A sponsor of this podcast, but uh, <laughs> so so the first game that uh, that Vegas was playing was against the Stars. I'm like, this is an expansion team. Um, they're gonna suck. So I loaded up with Dallas Star uh, players. Oh, so no. I'm like, oh, it'll be like a seven to two. The <laughs> drub, like they'll, they'll get their asses kicked. It was, and, that uh, was close, but well, they, they actually lost. Or uh, Vegas won two to one in overtime. So I did not make any money whatsoever. Um, right, but uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Vegas. They uh, they went off in the next game. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, or the home game. Yes. Yeah. Fucking James Neal, man. Uh, I'm very happy for James Neal. Is the shit. That's. I know. That's like, I'm, am I going to do a James Neal jersey or am I going to do a Mark Andre Fleury jersey? Oh. I'm trying to decide which one I want. A Fleury jersey, a gray Fleury. I but I love Fleury. You know, I always, I hate Pittsburgh Penguins with an absolute passion, so I could never say it before. But I actually really like Fleury. I and I've I've liked him a lot since I started watching him. I think he's just really 
fun to watch. He's good. Um, and seems like a, a just a, a nice guy, you know, on, on the ice so, or off the ice. So I really like him. And so I'm happy he's uh, kind of the face of the franchise now in Vegas. When Pittsburgh lost 10 to 1 to Chicago. Oh, my God. I don't think I had an erection that big ever before. <laughs> It was yes, it I was know, fantastic. but I see that's the problem. I, as a Wings fan, I also despise the Chicago Blackhawks as mm. well. So, yeah. but yeah, so yes, it's it's been a fun hockey season. Um, so yes, so I've uh, adopted uh, uh, Vegas as my number two team because I, I, you know, I have always always had two college football teams, two uh, NFL teams, and I've I've only had one uh, hockey team, and so I figured I liked watching them from the start. I liked the team they picked. Um, yeah. And they've just been a ton of fun to watch. And then with, you know, the tragedy happening in Vegas, the way they've handled yeah. it and the way the class. teams have handled it with them. Oh, it's just yeah. fantastic. It was all uh, class. Yeah. When Dallas came out in the very first game and just stood right behind them, it was just, oh, it's awesome stuff. Yeah. It's exactly how, uh, it's exactly what sports are there for, you know, help, help heal, help mm-hmm. uh, get your mind off things. So it was awesome. Right. Take your mind off things for a few hours and just enjoy. Yeah. So I have uh, all these, I'm just going to run through these. I watched the Black Christmas remake. What'd you think of liked that? Liked it, liked it, didn't yeah. love it. I was actually really? a little disappointed with it. Yeah, I mean, I gave it two and a half stars out of four still. I, yeah. I, you know, I liked it, but I think, and I think the problem is that so many people have been kind of talking about it. I just had these expectations that I shouldn't have had uh, going into it. So maybe that's the issue, but it just, I don't know, man. It just didn't, uh, didn't quite deliver in the way I'd hoped it would. Um, I absolutely love the original. I think the original is fucking oh, sure. fantastic. It's it's uh, it's as appreciated as it is. I still think it's underrated. Doesn't get talked about enough. It's great. Yeah. And uh, the remake I thought was good, but nothing about it really blew me away. The uh, special effects were good, but yeah. ah, other than See, that, it didn't blow me away. I watched the Black uh, Christmas remake, I guess, last year for a challenge. Okay. And um, I had no expectations going in. I thought this is going to suck. And I was blown away because I had no expectations. So yeah. the film surpassed my no expectations with expectations. Yeah, okay, um, good. Yeah, so so I really liked it just because, you know, I was I thought it was going to be chicken shit and I got some chicken salad out of it, you know. Good. Um, so I, I might actually rewatch it this winter. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, Christmas and whatever and, you know. Right. Uh, but that's uh, something yeah. I want to do is is this this holiday season now that we're we're in it mm-hmm. you know you know it's October I want to watch more um, holiday horror holiday horror films yeah. like Christmas horror because I just like Krampus you know things like I haven't spent a ton of time with yeah. it um, and it's always something that's been on my list to uh, spend time with you know Silent Night Deadly Night Santa Slay like all these probably shitty movies that uh, I just want to I want to give a Plus, shot it's it's hard I did to watch, watch movies like that other than this time of the year. Like to watch a, yeah, watch a exactly. movie in March, you're like, fuck, Christmas just happened. Fuck you, Christmas. You know? Right. But now it's like, yeah. oh, Christmas is coming. So it's a perfect time to get yep. into these films. Yeah. The one of those I did watch, I did. Have you seen the Silent Night remake from 2012? Yes. I believe I own it. Okay. Yeah. I actually really liked that one a lot. I thought it was really like good. It. Is that with but... Ma- Malcolm McDowell, if I remember correctly? Yes. Yeah. I think I yeah. filmed uh, near Winnipeg in a small town called Selkirk. If I recall. Oh, okay. Um, so it's got a limited local uh, flavor to it. But uh, yeah, I remember yeah. liking it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Selkirk, man. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm excited to actually watch the originals because I haven't seen the original. I think I've only seen but... the first one. Okay, gotcha. Um, then I watched some kind of mediocre to, to shitty movie. I watched um, Alien Valley, um, another like found footage <laughs> okay. film. Which I, did I, I may have talked about that one already. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But um I watched uh, Alive or Dead. 
uh, gave that one one and a half stars. It was this like just really B movie, but not done in any entertaining way at okay. all. Didn't like that one. Um, I finally watched Anaconda because I put on my Xbox One the other night. And it was available for a free yeah. rental and I needed something to watch. So I watched Anaconda. Actually, I didn't like that one very much Weird. either. I feel like if I'd watched it when it was new, I might have appreciated it more. But like the CGI was just so distractingly bad. Oh, sure. It just took me out of it. But and so. You know what salvages that film? Yeah. John Voight. What? John Voight is so fucking oh, awesome in this yeah. movie. I'm not sure what that <laughs> accent he's trying to do really is. I know. It's hilarious. But just though. that one oh. scene at the end where he winks. And I think you know when that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, yeah, it made the movie for me. You know, so yeah. crazy. Um, I watched Cujo, which I'm not going to talk about because I actually I've wrote I've written a script for that, so it's going to be like the first video review that okay. I do for uh, YouTube's, yeah. and so that'll be coming soon. Um, I watched a movie called Sparrow. Hmm. Uh, cool idea. This group of kids go into the woods, uh, where this uh, you know murder murderer had ha- or had been years prior okay. or whatever um and it, you know it's haunt it's supposedly haunted with this park ranger who is a serial killer um and so it kind of pulls a friday the 13th where you think you're following one group and then maybe you're not following that group okay. anymore um but um it introduces you know a couple it actually introduces three groups in the film but it just it doesn't it has this cool idea but it doesn't really do anything with it and it just stutters throughout the entire thing. Uh, and like the inciting action that they have in there to kind of get them to uh, from point A to point B or actually probably be from yeah. like point B to point C is just so ridiculous. It's like, what the fuck? Like that is the dumbest fucking thing ever. Like that doesn't work at all. I didn't buy into it. It didn't make any sense. It was dumb. And then it just fucking ends. Like it doesn't even have a real ending. It just abruptly stops. I'm like, what the fuck? What a waste of my fucking time. Again, it was another one. I was trying to fit a movie in and it was like an hour and 12 minutes or something. So I put that one on. Uh, Sparrow from 2010, available on Amazon Instant Video in the States at least. Uh, But I don't recommend you waste your time. You know what's on Amazon Instant Video that I found? And I think the movies, if they're older films, they're on Canada and US. I I added to my watch list, Death Spa. I cannot wait to watch Death Oh, Spot. you know what? I actually own that on Blu-ray, believe it really? or not. Really? Yeah, I've never seen it before and uh No, I'm lying. Yeah, I kind of I, I once I have a chance to I, I'm watching it. It looks really good. And I'm looking at Sparrow right now on IMDb. I have never heard of this film. Before. Yeah. I don't own Deathbed on Blu-ray. I think I might own that one on DVD. I own I own uh or I don't own Death Spa. Okay. On Blu-ray. I own Deathbed or something. Yeah, the, the, the bed the dead, that eats. The Yes, that one. Yes. I got my deaths mixed away. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll definitely have to add that to my list if I don't own it. Good call. Yeah. Last but not least, and then we can move on, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I finally watched Cult of Chucky. Have you seen this one I yet? I just bought it. I have not watched it yet. Okay. Watch this movie. Yes. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I like um, the last one. I, I, yeah. Yes, I did too. And this one? It's, it's, uh, so the last one kind of goes back to like its darker roots, you know, of the original. Yep. I felt this one, it's definitely darker, but it, it just does it in a different way, I'll say. Okay. And, uh, but I loved it. I, I gave it three and a half out of four. Like, I really, really liked it. I think it's really good. Um, I'm excited I've, to hear your thoughts. I've become a fan of Fiona. Um, oh, I had yeah. not seen her prior to the first Chucky film. Mm-hmm. And then she plays that crazy character in that Dirk Gently, 
um, holistic detective agency on uh, uh, on uh, Netflix, a TV show. Oh, okay. And she was unrecognizable. Like I'm oh, looking really? at this character, and I'm like, who the fuck is this actress? I'm like, oh, that's Fiona Dourif. Um, I, I I had no idea it was her at the time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a, become a big fan of her. I think it's cool that she continues this series with her dad. Um, so yeah, I, I just picked it up. It was one of the movies I picked up at Walmart uh, on Monday because of Columbus Day. Yeah. Uh, I picked the, that up and Officer Down, which I cannot wait to watch with Kim Coates. Oh, I don't know that one, I guess. It's, Officer it, Down? It's a Magnet releasing film. I only know about this because I follow Magnet on Instagram. Um, so oh, okay. It's based off a graphic novel about a cop that uh, keeps getting killed and they reanimate him over and over again. And oh, his name is Down, but the film is called Officer Down. And okay, it makes nice sense. Nice words. Um, apparently, it's very yeah. violent. Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy is in it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing my teeth into that one. Very good. And I also need you to watch uh, uh, Gerald's Game. I do. When you get a yeah. chance. Yeah, it's on my wish list. Yeah. Gotta... Excellent. Very good. So, that is my week. It was uh, <laughs> action-packed. So. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, with that in mind, let's uh, move over to our review for the week. So we will be talking about Premature Burial. Mm. So as always, there will be spoilers for Premature Burial from 1962. So if you have not seen this film and you care about spoilers, definitely hit pause, go watch the movie, and then come on back and hit play. So Premature Burial had an original U.S. theatrical release date of March 7th, 1962 in Chicago, Illinois. It was directed, of course, by Roger Corman. Written by Charles Beaumont and Ray Russell, based on the premature burial by Edgar Allan Poe. And this is actually uh, noteworthy because it's the first, uh, well, it's the first for two reasons. One, it's the first film that doesn't have Vincent Price, uh, which is very noteworthy. And two, it's the first one that's not been written by Richard Matheson, mm. who Matheson is obviously a absolute legend, uh, legendary writer. He so it's, uh, I've heard of Matheson. Have you heard of Charles Beaumont or Ray Russell? Uh, no, but I haven't really done No, I can't say no, I have. No. Now, we might just be ignorant. Who knows? Yes, probably. But it's clear. Exactly. It's clear they're no, uh, they're no Richard Matheson. Anyway, Premature Burial has an IMDb score of 6.6 .6 out of the current 2,760 votes. It has no Metacritic score. It has a 50% tomato meter score and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 43%. Make note that these are the lowest uh, scores that we've had since we started this our, uh, this cycle. It had a, uh, according to IMDb, it had a, now this is questionable because I think it's weird. It had a $1.25 million budget and a $1.25 million gross. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's all I, you know, that's what IMDb uh, says. So, even, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt because it. Yeah, it just seems kind of odd that it <laughs> broke exactly even like yeah. that, but and it clocks in at eighty-one minutes in length. So, Mark, what is your history with Premature Burial? Um, I don't have one. Uh, I watched <laughs> it for the first time for this uh, for this podcast. Um, what, bought the kind of sucks. Go ahead. I bought the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, I bought the Blu-ray because this is not in the Vincent Price collection, obviously, because right. Vincent Price is not in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to buy the Blu-ray off Amazon. Thank God for Prime, so I got it quickly. Yeah. Now, I paid like 25 bucks Canadian for this. Oh, God. And it sucks because it's a Kino Lorber Blu-ray. And last week, there was a big Kino Lorber sale. Oh, right. And this was on for $8 US. Oh, so, oh God. <laughs> I took a bit of a hit. But yeah. our next uh, film, uh, I believe it's Tale of Terror. Yes. Um, that's also a Kino Lorber film because it's not on the box set. 
So now I ordered last week. I'm hoping to get it by our next episode. Yes. Um, if not, I might have to check YouTube or right. find another way, you know, rent it off Google Play or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to get my order before uh, we record. If not, uh, won't have any special features, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, so honestly, it's the first time I've heard of this story. Um, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to Poe's work. Uh, the, the work I know the most is pretty much the ones that were lampooned early on in the Trials of Terror episodes of The Simpsons. Um, I don't okay. know if anybody doesn't know The Raven, but, uh, you know, like uh, Premature Burial, never heard of it, to be honest. Uh, Mask of the Red Death, uh, it's very, it isn't talked about that much. So, um, yeah, so for this uh, episode, or uh, for this film, um, first time watch, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. How about you? Yep, same here. Uh, first time watch. Um, you know, I uh, totally forgot to purchase Tales of Terror, which I uh, am now adding it to my cart on Kino Lorber. <laughs> uh, I do have to check and see if it'll get here in time because it is available on Amazon, um, on Amazon Instant Video. But it's okay. $14 to purchase on Amazon Instant Video, which is not going to fucking happen. Or you can buy the Blu-ray for eighteen ninety nine, uh, or you can buy the DVD for eight twenty nine. but it looks like it's a piece of shit. So hopefully... I can uh, pick a quicker shipping option for this guy. So I'll have to deal with that after the podcast. But anyway, back to Premature Burial. Um, mm-hmm. This is a first time viewing for me as well. Um, and uh, I actually did not own this Blu-ray. I looked at it and it looked more than I wanted to pay. So I was like, yeah, let's see how else I can find this. Fortunately, Amazon Instant uh, Video has it uh, there in the US for people to watch there. And it, it's in great. looks great. looks like it must be like a... a uh, the streaming the blu-ray version of it for example okay um, looks good so my first time with it and i i knew when we were going through this when i created this uh this cycle for us i knew there was one film that vincent price wasn't in yeah but i didn't realize it was this one and it didn't hit okay. me until we were going through the credits i was like oh shit like the the credit instantly reminded me that's right this is the only film in this arc that does not star vincent price and so mm-hmm. I found out, you know, the reason for this, which Mark, you probably know by this point, yep. but the reason for this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was because Roger Corman initially started filming Premature Burial outside of uh, the American International Pictures like studios. Like he was upset with them and he wanted yeah. to film it outside of them. Yeah. But Vincent Price had an exclusive contract with AIP and so he wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Now- before principal photography began, AIP would eventually get the rights for the film, and so it would become an AIP film. But by that point, I guess it's you know too late to get Price in, so Ray Milland played the role. Um, yeah. yeah. What happened is that um, Pathé International, which was a company that was giving the money to um, okay. AIP, bought them out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so on the first day of filming, uh, the two bigwigs, which names escape me right now, um, went to congratulate Corman or, you know, wish him good luck. And he goes, oh, by the way, um, I'm happy we're working together again. And he had no clue why. But it's because just prior, they bought the company that was financing this film. So that's why it became an AAP uh, film, um, but was not, its concept was not going to be an AAP film. So that's the reason why. And, Two, um, I just think Vincent Price would have been too old for oh, the lead okay. role. I still think Ray Land seems a little too old for the role. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I thought he was a doctor in this film, and he's a medical student. So 
I find Oh, is that what he is? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get him as being anything. Okay. Yeah, he's a, I didn't know what he was. He's I thought a he was just crazy. Student. I guess in the original story, the character's a lot younger. So one of the criticisms of the film was that he was, you know, they picked him because he's a great actor and he's known more as a romantic, a romantic lead in other films. Um, I am uh, not familiar with his other movies. Um, though I liked him in this movie, but he just seemed a little like he had too, a lot of noir yeah, under his belt. Yeah. Like if you look at his IMDb picture, he looks kind of goofy. I guess his mm-hmm. romantic uh, film picture, but uh, I just thought he was just a little old for the character he was playing. Now that said, I thought his uh, his co-star uh, Hazel Court, who plays Emily, his beloved, um, she didn't. I guess with just the makeup and the style, she didn't seem that um, that young either. So I could kind of believe the age. Like she I looks agree. like she's in her like maybe. 30s and he looks like in his mm-hmm. 50s so it kind of maybe makes sense movie wise um and in real life wise too so it's not like you know a girl's like 22 cents whatsoever right. you know it just wouldn't feel real mm-hmm. but in this case here she seemed a little older in the way i guess her hair was and just the makeup so that i could believe the relationship possibility i agree with you yeah so it, at filming so milan would have been 55 and uh uh, court, uh, Hazel yeah. Court, the Emily would have been 36, interestingly enough. So there actually was a oh. significant age gap between them, but it didn't look like it in the film at all. I would never would have thought that. No, no. I'm just, I, I think it's good casting. Like, I, I enjoyed Hazel Court in this film. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that's actually, it's pretty good casting for, for him because it just makes the relationship more, I was in my very eyes. Good. Yeah. Um, so right from the, t- right from the start, I thought, Wow, this is such a different tone in the opening. So we get these two guys who are, you know, digging up a grave, which is, you know, pretty morbid, but they're whistling. And the, the tune that they're whistling wasn't negative or anything. It was, it just, it gave the opening a much lighter feel than the last two films. Yeah. Um, Even though it's and fitting. we instantly got our buried alive person. So we were three for three on buried alive people. But, but anyway. now was he buried alive? Yeah. At the beginning, yes, because. This is that's what sparked his whole thing. Why he's paranoid now because they sh- they showed the like um, the scratch marks on the top of the casket. Yeah. See, so I, I'm I had to watch this film twice because I felt I had missed a few things watching it the first time. So okay. at first I thought that they were actually um, it was a funeral, and they were putting the body in the ground. Oh, up. okay. I didn't realize they're grave robbers because they don't really set the stage very well. So, right. So yeah, you've got uh, Gideon Go, which is Emily's father. He's, I guess, mm-hmm. a medical professor. Yeah. And the two uh, the two guys that they're digging, they're grave robbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you can realize. Well, first of all, one of the grave robbers, uh, Dick Miller, awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, I didn't even realize that. Was, I didn't even realize that. But yeah, yeah, he looks awesome. he looks so young. You know, you don't, you you yeah. always portray him and see him as like you well, know. The howling when he get like like he's like exactly. middle age. Yeah. He's really young here. Yep. Um, so huh. at first I just didn't realize they were actually robbing graves, which is very ghoulish. So it kind of sets yeah, the but, tone and, that and these guys aren't the most up a, and up in a way. You know, right? Yeah, but it's also important to note that that's pretty commonplace back then. I suppose, uh, like. This is a medical professor, like that. That was commonplace for them to, you know, have grave diggers pull up cadavers that they would then use for their to help teach their yeah. medical students. Not legal, but commonplace. 
at least from you know my listening to uh, my research into the, that time in history. So, and I thought, you know, when you saw the guy all twisted, I'm thinking, oh shit, who's got a VHS? Like, how, how are they playing? How are <laughs> they playing a VHS tape in, in the Victoria <laughs> era? I'm like. There's no oh, way man. that Samara is coming That's through awesome. somebody's like you know videograph or something. Anyways, <laughs> right. bad, bad ring joke. Um, oh, I'm, I'm happy I got you. I, it, it's not often I get your jokes, your references, <laughs> but that one I got, and I'm happy about it. Just off the cuff. Um, yep. <laughs> so, so, so it's like, what's the coincidence of having all these people having the same type of, you know? They're not dead, but they're dead. Like, how often does that happen, right? Right. Um, yeah. I guess. I guess I'm kind of jumping a bit, but well, I guess we'll discuss that later on. But I, just right off the bat, I'm thinking one, um, they're ghouls because they're robbing graves, and yep. Two, um, well, yeah, they're, they're, it. I I don't have a second reason. It just it just seemed a little off <laughs> right off the bat to introduce these characters as like your hero, and okay. as part of this group of people doing evil things. But again, yeah. if it's normal back then, then why are they being all secretive? I don't know. It just, yeah. It's just an interesting way to start a film. Yeah, it was. And it, it just felt so differently because like one, like I already mentioned, like the whistling, it just felt lighter than what we see in the past. And it didn't have that epic kind of setting uh, moments that the uh, first two did. You know, in the first one, you get you get this walk, this not long, but this decent walk through the woods you know, coming up to the house that way, the, the the house that's about to fall apart. And then the second one, you get like the waves crashing against the the, the banks, yeah. uh, the rocks, you know. And so like those felt bigger to me, whereas this one didn't. And so it stood out to me as just this is a different film than what we've seen play. Mm-hmm. And then Vincent Price isn't introduced. So it just automatically feels different that way too. Sure. Now, the person that they do, uh, I guess, dig up at the beginning – is that yeah. maybe Guy's father? And that's why he's so freaked out? No, because Guy's father died when he was like 12 or 13, they said. Oh, that's right. Okay, disregard that. And, but he died. <laughs> yeah, he believes that he... <laughs> <laughs> we don't cut. Who are you kidding? But, okay, take two. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It is, you know, that is the same idea that he had with his dad because he swears that he heard his dad talking. And so that kind of introduced the idea to him. And then he saw this guy that was buried. And so that's what kind of brought on the paranoia of being buried alive. It it is interesting, though, because like he was so spooked that he left Emily. Like he he took off and left for a bit. Right. Because then she comes up to him saying, hey, I want to talk to you. And but yeah, he doesn't want to talk to you right now. You know, like that spooked him so much, I guess because of his previous trauma, that now it's on his mind that it's very possible that he it might happen to him as well. Yeah. And and so, you know, my take on that was that he decided that he wasn't going to, you know, be spend time with the girl because he needed to do this uh, thing, you know, this this tomb that he's able to escape in case this were to ever happen to him. But then she, you know, obviously she comes and, you know, wants him back and he's like, even knowing what you know, and yes. And so then they decide to get married, but like literally like minutes after they're married, he just becomes this, this asshole. Well, it, and he just stays that way throughout the entire film. Because of the song she was playing, the, the, and I only realized yes. this the second time I watched it, the song she's playing oh, okay. is the song, is the song that the grave robbers were whistling. So right, yeah, because the then, triggered, you know, he hears that, yeah, and he hears that more throughout yes. the film because he, you know, which I have to admit, I kind of dig the song, like it, it's a it's a catchy, yeah, thing. yeah, I liked it, absolutely. 
Uh, and this is another film. We get a third film in the row that they're, they're painting this amazing painting that I would love to have in my house. Guy is painting this like hauntingly beautiful, like skull thing, a mosaic. That's just gorgeous. And I would love to have that in my house. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was very demonic. Like it just shows that uh, he's yes. not well. And obviously, you know, exactly. he's not well, but like him mm-hmm. paint. I think it's the least nice painting of the painting so far. Um, but yeah, it's 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 more of a it's a sweeping like it's not a portrait. It's your first big like in in these right films. All the other ones were they were both portraits, and this is like showing what his state of mind is right now. It's mm-hmm. consumed with death and the devil, and it's 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 a bit of a departure from the previous. Yes. Oh, you're talking. I know which one. Okay, there. You're right. There are two actually two paintings. The one you're talking about, I believe, is the second one where he's like, oh, you don't want to see it. And she's like, oh, no, I yes. want to see it. And so then he's like, oh, I told you. Yeah, that one is awesome, too. I completely agree. That one, I, I thought the same thing. I would love to have that. What That's the awesome. First one? Um, the first one, it's only shown very quickly. It's right when we we're first, our first meeting with Guy. Um, um, Emily walks in for like the first time they're coming together in the film. And he's pa- he's doing a painting, and it's like a, a picture of this like it's like a mosaic, and it's a skull. I don't. It's like blue don't and white and black. I don't know how else to explain it. Okay, yeah, but yes, either or. I think both pictures are just really interesting and and fit very yeah. well to the to the film. So for me, um, I thought that that Ray Milan was lacking a lot of um, he was lacking some punch and enthusiasm at the beginning here with his speech on why he's being afraid of being okay. buried alive. He just, he didn't convince me that he was genuinely afraid. It just felt like an actor saying lines. It didn't, I didn't buy it. And uh, that was disappointing. And I immediately got into my head, man, what would Price do? In he would convince me. And so I couldn't, and, and that's when it stuck. I was like, man, I really wish Price was in this role as opposed to, to Milan. And it kind of stuck with me throughout the rest of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one. You know, he, he's giving Emily like an explanation, mm-hmm. you know, more like a, a point by point, like almost like a presentation of why, yes. like he doesn't, you don't have him emoting as, as strongly. It's right. just like he is reading a script. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I agree with you. I love, so this is kind of going back a little bit, but the, the paint or the, the grave robbers names rather like mm-hmm. uh, Sweeney and Mole. Like, I don't think there are any more perfect names for grave robbers than Sweeney and Mole. I love their names. I think it's just awesome. Dick Miller's Mole and uh, John Dierks' Sweeney. Uh, but I thought that was just hilarious. I love those. And Sweeney, uh, if you got that name, you're either a chimney sweep yeah. or you're a grave robber. Uh, yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's very Victorian era, you know? Yeah, very much so. I know I couldn't get uh, uh, Sweeney Todd out of my head when he, whenever they said <laughs> you know. So I have a question for you. Yeah. When guy hears the dog barking yes and he runs into the graveyard and the dog is stunned again dealing with this whole thing of being buried alive and the dog not being dead now me not being a dog owner do dogs just get stunned like that and then just act like they're dead i've had dogs in my life i've had dogs around me my entire life i've owned dogs and i've never once seen so knowing what happens at the end of the film Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder, is somebody, tr- again, you know, triggering him and thinking that him being bur- buried alive could happen? 
Yeah. Like, or is this just yeah. a coincidence? Like, is this is this somebody that like did somebody dose the dog to have him act like that? Right. See, no, yeah, that a- absolutely. In my opinion, absolutely yes. And yeah. they try at the end of this to give a explanation for this. Right. They have yeah. um Kate, Kate's character, Lady Catherine's character. They have her saying, "Oh, you know, she was once once Emily found out from uh, Miles." How easy it would would have been to have him, you know, basically kill him by scaring him because of his his sickness. Yeah. That's what she decided to do, and so, and and her proof of that, her only proof of that, is because at the end, after Emily dies, the key is supposedly around her neck. But, and that that we're jumping ahead, but I mean, yeah. that's pretty much my my problem with this entire film. Yeah, is that I I think it's bullshit. And I think it's ridiculous that we don't get a better explanation or that there's not some type of twist that they uh, aren't, aren't presenting because it feels like it should be there. Okay. My thought – Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. During the whole movie, Emily's acting – to me, she's acting cool. She's really concerned for his yes. health. I never thought that Emily was trying to kill Ray. I don't know. Like, Never once. What was her motive to kill him? Is exactly. it his money? Like the guy right. doesn't work. He's a student. He I, has I this house. Yep. Why Why kill him to begin with? Is it his sister? Right. I always thought it was Kate, his sister, that right. was trying to why kill would him. The, why would Corman spend time with these long shots on Kate – the way she and and with the way she's emoting, the way she's acting. Yeah. What would the point of him taking those extra two seconds of film, three seconds of film, and having her face be there? What would the point of that be if not for her to have something to do with this? Yeah. That's why I'm pissed about the ending because I think it's bullshit. Like, why are you are you just intentionally trying to trying to swerve the the viewer? Yeah. But I don't and I don't think that's the case because Corman doesn't do that at all in the first two films. No. Like it's just, it seems as if they forgot to put something in at the end, or they just are are leaving it to our imagination, and it's not working. Because like with the dog, who's out there with the dog? Kate. Mm. Where's Emily? Nowhere to be found. And yeah. and like you said, you have to have motive and means, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, she has the means, but what is her motive? There is none. Does she want to be with Miles? Okay, she could have been with Miles. Guy dumped her. Yeah. Why would she come running back to him? Like you said, he doesn't have all. Mo- he doesn't have money. Like it just it makes absolutely zero sense to me whatsoever, and it's never explained, and that just pisses me off. Yeah, I'm like not I was sure. just angry by the end of it. I'm not sure if the shorts uh, explains it better or if they use anything. I don't know. Right. Um, First of all, uh, that, I thought Miles was awesome. He's like the first like cool doctor who isn't yeah yeah I like guy. It. So exactly. I liked Miles from the beginning. Um, Genuine. Now after Guy dies, Emily does try to he kind of she kind of hits on Miles a bit, and he kind of yes her, after he's dead. But yes. she thinks he's mm-hmm. dead. Now did she exactly. allow enough mourning time? To you know like is she mourning on like did she right. give enough time between the burial and and yeah. her proposing to him in a way to stay with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say no, because obviously it was like a day because he just got up out of the, right. out of the coffin. Um, yeah. But, but people grieve differently. I will sure. never judge someone on how they, you know, how they decide to grieve. Like there's that, remember that whole situation with um, Pat Oswalt, like his wife yes. died and now he was, and you know, got- and people were freaking out at him. And it's like, that's not your business exactly. to, to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like this is a movie and I'm not, 
trying to yeah. say that to you by any stretch. I'm just saying, you know, like so, I know, I know yeah, that, that Emily's dad certainly. thought that guy was lesser than because yes, comments. yeah, he liked Miles. So right. I thought at first maybe that you know it was maybe Gideon, um, mm-hmm. but uh, again, like how we, we don't know. Like guy has a big house; he shares it with his sister. Um, so mm-hmm. technically, his sister should get half of it, right? So it's not like Emily's getting right. the full fortune if that's even the case. Because we don't even exactly. know how rich he really is. Like, there's no right. mention of wealth. And, and Kate is immediately ready to kick her out. She's like, as soon as he's dead, she's like, "So are you are you leaving tomorrow?" And yeah. Emily is like, um, "What?" And she's like, "Well, just given the circumstances, you have no reason yeah. to stay." And she's like, "Oh, I like it here. Whatever the fuck she said." It's like, yeah, what? and then. Like they're ha- like oh they're just setting up this entire fucking movie for Kate to have something to do yeah. with it, and then at the end, well, she presents this one reason, this one key, and that's it. We're just supposed to believe at, that. At the same like, time, Kate killed Guy. She did shoot him. She could have planted Emily, and you know, Kate was also giving right. medicine to Guy. So maybe that medicine yep. was prepping him to be able to go catatonic or whatever it is. Um, exactly. I, I think she's the big bad guy out of this. I don't think it was Emily at all. I I agree one hundred percent. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm underestimating Corman's um uh, faith in his audience. Yeah. Maybe he expected. Uh, maybe we are supposed to realize that Kate did it. Um, but if that's the case, then that's a lot different than what we get on films nowadays. Because you just you wouldn't you would point out that Kate was the killer somehow or Kate was the bad guy somehow, whereas this one he just leaves it up to our imagination. Mm-hmm. But in my eyes, I'm with you. I think she's full of shit. Emily has no reason. Kate does, because yeah. it would get rid of the people from her house and she would have full access to the house. Yeah. Like that's motive and means, whereas Emily does not have that. So it only makes sense that Kate has to be the the bad the the villain in this. Yeah, because I, I just didn't see anything malicious with Emily Pryor. Again, prior to talking to Miles after the fact. Um, right. So that's why I had to watch it a second time because I'm like, did I miss something? Yeah. You know, I, I just, the movie ended. I'm like, I yeah. don't know what I just watched. I know. I was like, are you fucking, I just got pissed. I was like, no, I'm not watching this. I was just pissed at the end of it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm done. Moving on. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. um, man. So, yeah, guy. Okay, so, so yes, s- since we skipped a bit, uh, yeah. something I want to talk about, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So Emily's with Guy. Guy's been fucking off during the day doing whatever. Yeah. He creates a fucking tomb. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Okay, yep. cool. Now, how did Emily not realize he's doing this at all? Because like I'm assuming right. this is a brand new structure. Yes. She? And for, for Guy to build that by himself. I know. Uh, yeah. He's in the wrong field. You should be in fucking uh, construction and not medicine. Exactly. You it know? must have been months he was out there too doing that. Well, like Easy, easy, yeah. at least six, eight months, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that tomb was pretty fucking sweet. And then him being so paranoid I with know. all his with all his uh, outs <laughs> and whatnot. If this um, fails, then it's like but a, of course these can fail. So like it's just yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like he MacGyvered it pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. I was I was impressed. I'm like, that's an awesome bachelor pad. Right. Yeah, I really like that. And uh they spend a lot of time showing us this, but I yeah. I think it's cool enough that I was like, okay, I, I'll go with this because it's just, it's awesome. It's impressive, but it also just shows how fucking batshit fucking crazy guy was at this point. He's pretty obsessive. Yeah. I also think like he builds it. He shows it to us. He has a bad dream about it and mm-hmm. then he blows it up. 
Right. So I think it's kind of just to pad the film to mess with you. Yes. No. Yeah. I think you're right too. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like again, uh, I'm not sure how much of post story is is used in the I film. I know. And I'm, I'm pissed. I didn't the last act. You know. Yeah. And um, I know I'm, I'm so, pissed. I didn't read this one at all, and so I, I really and, wish I would have. But and I think I want to read it now, just so I can like you know yeah. get to the bottom of my questions. But exactly. like the film's only 82 minutes long, 81 mm-hmm. minutes long. Um, I think this whole tomb scene was probably created for the film and it just padded the runtime because it really didn't add much to it at all. Right. Because he, you know, there's this whole long ass dream sequence he has where he thinks he's trapped in his tomb and all of the ideas fail. And it's just, it is so long Mm -hmm. and it's just a dream sequence. Like it's nothing. Like, and then, uh, so we hear all this whistling too, right? And yeah. so at one point we start seeing the grave diggers there. Now, is that in his imagination or is that real? Who knows? But I would, I would be willing to bet that it's real because Kate at the end says, oh yes, one of the things Emily did was hire the grave diggers to haunt him. And so first, how the fuck would, would Kate know yeah. that? Yeah. And which also tells us that she's the villain. So I think I just underestimated how much faith Corman did put into his audience, but still, it's, it pisses me off because we had to come to that through discussion as opposed to just watching the movie. But yeah, um, and I still do think that Gideon and Kate were in on it, and there, you know, mm-hmm. I can see him having her as a partner as well, like because he's an older man. She, she, Kate looked older than Guy. Um, yes, you know, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if they worked, in, they were in collusion to get rid of Guy. And then mm, get rid of Emily as well. But having Gideon kill his own daughter, that's pretty... I, I think Emily was a side effect of Guy's paranoia. Yeah. Um, I don't think she was supposed to die, but she does anyways. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, and the, just the fact that, you know, Gideon does use these two grave robbers to get him corpse. So mm-hmm. they already have a working agreement together. To yep. torment a guy, you know, um, or to <laughs> torment Guy, I should say. Right, um, yeah. It's probably not far from his uh, realm of actions. And, and did you – I thought Gideon was such a strange character because no matter what happened, Alan Napier who played Gideon, like he didn't show any emotion besides blasé. Like he was just blasé about everything that was going on, whether it was a party, whether it was uh, death. It didn't matter whether it was digging up graves. Like he was just so – who cares about the whole thing? He made a comment that, you know, he's never happy. He's at a different level of blah or, or yes, like, I yeah. don't have the, the actual like line. I, I, yeah, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think just because uh, Gideon has been so ghoulish that he's lost part of his humanity because he's working on people's corpses. Maybe it's just, you know, it's his life. He's just, he's kind of more dead inside or maybe he right. relates more to the corpses now because he's been dealing yeah. with corpses so much. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and maybe it's my, my history with the, last couple films but i totally thought at one point that miles was trying to like creep in on emily um and he was basically talking i thought he was talking emily into giving guy the ultimatum of the tomb or her thinking that guy would pick the tomb and then he would be able to get get the girl but i don't think that was the case now looking back and and continuing with the film that's kind of what i thought as i was going through though yeah but He was on the up and up, I think. I think so, too. I never got a, you know what, I want you, Emily, vibe out of him at all. Yeah. Now- But they do have a yes, history because they, yeah. you know, yeah, they talk about that. But. Yeah, but I never I never thought that he was malicious at all in this film, which, again, no. from the from the Pit movie, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I never saw the same uh, 
I never saw that gotcha. uh, with, uh, with Miles. Okay. He was like a yeah. good guy in this one. Right. Yeah, I, I did, but it was short lived. And then I realized after the fact that it was not the case. And then especially that is cemented by the fact that guy dies and he still rebukes her, her advances. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's just such a strange fucking time. Uh, this film takes place because all of these people like in the last three films, just they have their loved ones buried in their fucking basement. Yes. Like. God, I can't even imagine that, man. Like, how strange. I, what a weird I, I place. I would love to have a house where I can actually have all my relatives in the basement. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, well, I put them beside oh, my Blu-rays. Um, but, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I guess that's just a custom to have, you know, your family's exactly. tomb. Which is funny because yeah. they live right beside a graveyard. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. And like, I did and, and the other thing is like, exactly. Ray or Guy creates, like, built the tomb. Why didn't he just build an add-on to his house? <laughs> right oh. i know exactly oh man yeah so obviously you know they finally decide to dig up the father's grave to see if he in fact was buried alive which we never find out which is a little mm-hmm. disappointing but um and then like i don't what the that whole the like thing? thing was just strange yeah i don't like get it. he i know like <laughs> i just don't get it like he opens the door i uh, uh a skeleton falls out at him, which didn't look like a male skeleton yeah. at all. And then he like nice. goes into this, whatever they're called. It's not cataconic, but it's whatever the word is that they keep using throughout these three films. Uh, catalytic, whatever the uh, catalytic. Yeah. No, uh, I, I know what you <laughs> catalytic mean, converter, but it's like, he, yeah, that, whatever that word yeah. is. And, and that's what, yeah, it's just a catatonic state basically. And, and this is another thing here. Okay. Um, so he's catatonic. Let, let's just say he's catatonic. So, yeah, we're gonna so, use like, that. Word. Yeah. He's, his body, like he, his body, won't respond, but his mind is there. Well, mm-hmm. doesn't he have to breathe? I so, know. Like, can't these fucking like, doctors? I, yeah, so, I don't get that's it. That's one thing with Miles is that how bad of a doctor are you? You can't see that your guy is breathing because there's no way. But he specifically looks for that because he says, "Hand me the mirror," yeah. and he has the mirror and he holds it up near him, looking for yeah. breath on the mirror. But there's yeah. nothing there between that and the, it's, and I don't the get shots. It. I mean. Um, I'm thinking you're, you're a horrible oh, uh, yeah. doctor, unless Guy does rise from the grave as a ghoul, because he does have the the black circles under his eyes, right? So right, I know. Is and, he really yeah. dead? But I don't. I think he can't be because we are hearing his inner monologue. Yeah, that's true too. But maybe ghouls have inner monologues. Like maybe he actually did. Maybe die. they do. I, I I don't. I I honestly don't yeah. know because. He right. wouldn't have been able to I hold think, his breath for this long. Like he would be, he'd be brain dead. He doesn't exactly. have enough oxygen. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. Um, but the way people die in this movie is so fucking weak. Like if he were to die there, like a skeleton coming out at you, okay, that's gonna kill you. And then um, Emily in the yeah. grave, like. I know when they pull her up, there's a lot more dirt on her. But all we see is like two things of dirt yeah. going in on her. And so the fact that she like dies that way is just ridiculous. Like she can't like yeah, I, lean up to like get the I dirt off her face because her yeah, whole body's I, not I, I thought her death was kind of, I thought she'd, she'd survive. Oh, weak as hell. Um, yeah. And the guy himself, you know, his psyche is so fragile at this point. Um, Milton pop out of a, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I just yeah. find the, the ending is pretty. Um, and what killed me is that it, it I know I wrote that. Like, this is silly. Like it's painfully predictable. Um, it's so predictable, in fact, that I wanted the characters in the movie to understand that it was predictable, 
and not be so quick yeah. to mark him as dead. Like he's been going on and on and on about how exactly what will happen. And then, you know, everyone will think he's dead, but in fact, he's not. And they don't even give him like yeah. an hour. Like they're already calling him dead seconds later. And it's like, really? Like he spent his last year of being alive talking to you about this precise yeah. thing. Like it's just so predictable. It would have, it would have made me appreciate the film had the, had the characters understand that it's predictable and have them kind of question it more. But in reality, they, they don't question yeah, it don't virtually at all. I don't think he had a heart attack. Like, he didn't inspect the body at all. Like, he wasn't right. sweaty. He wasn't clammy. Anyways, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and what sucks is, you know, so they, they kill him. He comes back. You know, he, he kills, uh, Dr. Gideon by, uh, with the electric battery, which yeah. I kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Like that yes. was the shadow play. That's like, uh, there wasn't a lot of like great, cinematic moments in this uh you know uh in terms of like the cinematography but i liked that one a lot just the use of the shadow play um on the wall of when he died when dr uh, gideon died i thought was really well um what i, I still tear taught with emily a bit because she mm-hmm. made a comment to the guy before kills or she gets killed she goes you wouldn't kill me would you guy and yes just, i remember that the way yeah. she said it it sounded like she was guilty Hmm. But I still, like, hmm. yeah, I, I still don't know. Just because, like, is she shocked that he's there? But if she might be shocked <laughs> that whatever poison she gave him didn't, you know, had worn off, and he was able to die by himself. And, and then again, did she really poison him? I don't. The ending leaves so much to your own interpretation. It could right. go multiple ways. Yep, um, and I think that's. In this case, a weakness of the film. I, I don't yeah. like that about this one. So speaking of him coming back. So first off, I yes. thought it was weird that he had a window on his casket and he's oh. clearly moving his eyes yes. and people were clearly looking down right at the camera, which was supposed to be representative of his point of view yeah. and not noticing that he was alive. That bugged me. So does that mean maybe that they're all complacent in his death? Right. right. And that could be too. Right. Um, that could be. I made that comment. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, why would you do that? Have a window so you can right. see his face. That's exactly what I wrote down. his eyes. Nobody's seeing anything. Um, And again, he's still not breathing. So (laughs) whatever. Um, So in a way, I'm thinking, you know, maybe they're all in on his death, but we still don't Mm -hmm. know why they would be. Why? Like, why would they all want to kill him? You know, they they came to him. He didn't go to them. Like, he tried to separate himself from everybody. And now they all came back to him. And now they want to kill him. I I don't get it. And if they were all complacent, they would all have to be complacent. And so if that's the case, why go through the song and dance of, oh, is, is he alive? I don't know. Let's test with this mirror. Let's put them through the shock therapy. Oh, yep, he's dead. Like, why go through that song and dance? You know, it just, exactly. if they're all together, like, I don't know. Uh, and then the second other thing that bothered me was the fact that when he came back, like, what is his, what is his motivation to kill all these people? Like, sure, he's upset. Because they buried him alive, I understand that. But he even said that no, it didn't matter because no matter what, people look at him and they'll think he's dead. Yeah. So how could he possibly be this angry that he's killing all these people because, you know, medically, he appeared dead. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they're going to bury him. Like, why be this mad? And then be this mad at Emily. Like, the only thing I can think of with Emily is because he saw her and Miles kind of having a conversation that looked like it might have been a little more intimate. Yes. But it's just like... But he came out of the grave and, like, 
but he wanted to kill everybody. Like he's not even mad at Mike. Like he killed Sorry, the grave ahead. robbers. And for mm-hmm. what? What did the grave robbers actually do? Exactly. They're hired by right. someone to either a scare them or they're doing their job yep. just robbing graves. Yeah, like the one says, like I didn't do anything to you. I didn't do anything to you, you know. And he's right. And then he just slowly stabs him to death. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just shows that he flipped a switch, and now he's in Terminator mode, yeah. and he's killing everybody in right. sight. Mm-hmm. But not everybody, nope. because Miles, he has no problems yep. with. Because when Miles came, he's like, I have no, pro- I, I don't know what he says. He's basically, I have no qualms with you. I have no problems with you. Like, just go away. Mm-hmm. Let me kill Emily. But so I don't know. Like, it just it doesn't make fucking sense to me, man. Yeah. And it bugs the shit out of me. So, and what sucks? And, and that's the other thing: the gravediggers technically just saved his fucking life in a way because he pulled him out of the grave. Yeah. Like he was suffocated. Well, ah. if he if he hadn't suffocated already, he would have. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. You know, yeah. and it just sucks because this is a Kino Lober uh, release and not a Vincent Price collection film. Um, there, yeah. there's no, uh, there's a few interviews, but there's no commentary. So ah, damn. I would have loved commentary on this because yeah. I have one question. Exactly. Hmm. Um, I was happy when Catherine shot him just because I thought he was an asshole from the beginning. <laughs> um, from the moment he got married, I understand he was sick, yeah. but he was still an asshole. It manifest. It manifest. The sickness manifested itself as him being an asshole, um, and even in death because I didn't understand why the fuck he was killing these people. Yeah. But you know, we're three films. And then for I wrote down right now three for three for like our heroes. They all have mm-hmm. mental illness. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's. I think you even mentioned it that that's. So I think Corman talked about it. Maybe the first commentary that that's a very common theme amongst Poe's works. Poe was a troubled man, and so I feel like that's right? so he's writing exactly, what he knows. Yes, I suppose. exactly right. Yeah, right. No, yeah. And so then Catherine tells this this cockamamie story that I just I think is bullshit. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I bet money she's full of shit. Here it comes. Here it comes. Credits. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, how does that end like that? Oh, it just ah. God, this fucking movie, man! It just it made me angry. Yeah, it just uh, ah. Yeah. So yeah, do you do you have any um any other thoughts you want to share? Or do you want to just jump to uh, your your final thoughts and your your star rating, or any other questions um, we can talk about? I'm looking over my notes here, and I th- I think we really talk about everything. Yeah. Because um, you know, at one point I'm like, is the father behind it? Is uh, is it Emily? Is it Kate? It's not Miles, um, right? But yeah, I think we really talked about everything that kind of bugged me here. Yeah, me um, so too. I can go through my my final my final words. Um, for the most part, I I, I kind of I, I like the film. I didn't love it just because it's so open ended, and maybe it's meant to be left to the to the viewer to maybe make its own conclusions on it. It gives you one at the end, but it's kind of weak, and it could be interpreted as other things. It being the only Vincent Price uh, or only uh, pole film without Vincent Price. I kind of missed him, but I actually do like Ray Milland, even though I still think he was kind of, kind of a little too old for the role. I still like the guy, um, and I wouldn't mind seeing more of his work. Apparently, he did direct a few uh, '50s sci-fi films and hmm. early '60s uh, after after this film was made. I'm just looking at my final uh, at my final rating to see what I put on Letterboxd, but I don't believe it was that high. So I I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but it was, it was different, but also the same. Because again, it's another Victorian castle. This time now, it's by a cemetery, which I believe the rest of the films are near cemeteries with the fog and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I would give this probably I would say two and a half out of four. Two and a half out of four. Yeah, I give it two and a half out of four. Okay. Perfect. So 
yeah, I just found Premature Burial to be a pretty awful film. Um, the build to the climax, it's slow. There's only a few moments of genuine intrigue. Um, and I thought Ray Milan, he actually, I thought he did a really, a pretty weak job portraying Guy. I would have right. loved to see Price in this role, uh, instead if it weren't for the politics of Hollywood. Um, sure. the story itself, it's not really resolved. And it frankly makes little sense with zero explanation of why we're supposed to believe what Catherine tells us at the end. I still think she's lying. Because she could just as easily been the one to do everything she just talked about and then planted the key on her or something else. I mean, that's not a great explanation, but yeah. it's no worth, worse than the bullshit that we're given in the film. So, uh, whatever. You know, I, I disliked Guy. I knew virtually nothing about Emily. I hated their relationship. And I really thought this was building to something bigger and better at the end. Instead, we're left with Guy coming back from the grave to kill people that genuinely seem to care about him. And then having his sister kill him for some reason. Um, and just the whole thing just felt like a big waste of time, frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, just, I hope this is the low point of the Corman arc, uh, psych, uh, the Corman Poe cycle. At least when Price is on screen, he delivers some heart, which I thought that Milan was just severely lacking throughout this one. I did not like Premature Burial. I'm giving it one out of four stars. All right. So I'm excited to uh, move on to Tales of Terror because that one's going to be different for for us because it's actually I think it's like three stories in one. Yeah, I think it's an anthology. So, yeah, so I'm really excited because I uh, genuinely you know enjoy watching anthology films. So I'm interested to see uh, to see where it goes from here. And it, it's funny. I, I assumed this post cycle would last because we're doing eight films. It lasts like the whole decade. But yeah. this cycle is from sixty making uh, sixty to sixty four. I know it's only four. Yeah, it's like basically so, two films a year almost. It, you know, it's kind like, of crazy how bunched up they are. I thought it'd be more like one a year, but no, we're seeing two. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So perfect. I uh, that was a lot of fun to discuss. So perfect. Yeah. So let's move over to round thirty-seven of the besting the backlog challenge before we log off for the day. And okay. as a reminder, of course, this is where we challenge each other to watch one of their uh, of each other's unwatched films. From either their home video collection or a streaming service, um, and then uh, challenge them to watch that before the next podcast where they come in and then do a quick review of that film. So to recap, Mark, I challenged you to watch uh, specifically the U.S. cut yes. of 1977's Kathy Cur- Kathy's Curse, and uh, Mark, you challenged me to watch Misery from 1990. So ah. what did you think of Kathy's Curse? Oh, I uh, I really <laughs> wanted to like this just because I kind of took a sip of the promotional uh, machine that was behind Cassius yeah. Curse when Severin re-released this on Blu-ray. So Spent a I ton was, on that damn Blu-ray. Yeah, I was really pumped because I like the cover art and I'm a sucker for some good cover art. Um, <laughs> man, I was really disappointed with this movie. I had trouble uh, keeping my eyes off my phone while watching this. I did not like it at all. Um, first of all, so this is based, it doesn't say exactly which city it's in, but there was mention of Montreal uh, as a, um, I think like a, uh, the, one of the production companies is out of Montreal or something. And yeah. looking at it, this looked like it was like a Canadian, a Canadian film. And yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just by the uh, tra- traffic signs, I'm like, yeah, this, this is definitely Canadian. <laughs> 
It's like 70s Canadian and it's a 70s winter Canadian. So it's got mm-hmm. big cars, dirty, slushy streets. Um, so in a way, it was kind of nostalgic. <laughs> Just because it's like, it's a, it's, it's like a dirty, it's like an old CBC TV show, CBC Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's like it's our, it's our like national government subsidied, uh, network. And, uh, yeah. it just reminded me a lot of like 70s, early 80s, uh, TV programming I would watch, uh, yeah. as a kid. So, so it got me nostalgic wise with just the, uh, the surroundings, but the film itself is horrible. Um, I was okay. surprised to see Alan Scarf as the father George Gimple, just because <laughs> yeah. I recognized him as one of the, I think it was the general in Iron Eagle 2. So I'm like, oh, cool. It's that guy. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, that's pretty much the only thing that's awesome about this movie. That's actually not true. Um, so he, I didn't like his performance in this film. I just recognized him from another movie. But I thought the uh, the little girl in the film, I think it's Kathy. No, that's Kathy's curse. It's Mary, uh, <laughs> Dorothy David. Uh, she actually reminded me a lot of a uh, co-worker I used to work with back in Winnipeg. Uh, but I thought she was oh. great as the possessed uh, girl in this movie. Yeah. Um, I like when she starts swearing. Oh, yeah. She, me she was, she, honestly, she was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. The mother I despised, uh, Beverly <laughs> Murray. Nothing against a person. Yeah. Just I thought her acting was horrible. Uh, her eyebrows were something else. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Man, yeah. I just, I just did not li- – I didn't like this film. I was excited to get it. Watching it now, um, I couldn't wait until it was over. And it's a short film too. It's mm. only shit. It's only uh, yeah. eighty-two minutes long. It felt like two hours. I just felt it didn't go anywhere. Um, there's a scene where there's a medium that enters the house with, I guess, a neighbor with their kids, which was <laughs> yeah. weird. Um, the groundskeeper drinking, uh, or even the ground. I felt bad for the groundskeeper because there's a scene where he seems yeah. to be frozen in time when snakes are slithering mm-hmm. over him. There's a big tarantula. Oh my god! I know. Down his body. And that was real. Oh, like those were real snakes and and spiders and shit. They sure were, but they were Quebec snakes yeah. and spiders, so they don't have any fangs. So there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> just got to keep them some poutine, and it's okay. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I, honestly, this. I want to like this movie. It's it's it's. It sounds awesome. It's just it's poorly executed. Um, I'm really bummed out, to be honest. Uh, I will probably never watch this again. The Blu-ray has commentaries and it's got two cuts. I so I watch the alternate US release cut. I kind of yes do want to watch the original theatrical. Um, but just yeah, I want to say it adds soon. about twelve minutes of length ish. Eight, uh, yeah, I think it's around twelve. minutes. Yeah, it's ninety-one minutes, and the version I watched was eighty-two. So thank you for that. That I watched the the, the shorter yes. version. Um, You're welcome. And you know what, Brent Collins has an introduction to this yep. on the Blu-ray. So there's some special features I might want to check out just to get more of a history on the film itself. Maybe I can mm-hmm. garner a better appreciation for the film. Um, but just watching it uh, blindly for the first time, I fucking hated it. I even had a, a, a buddy <laughs> Tony on Instagram when, or on Facebook. He says, "Yeah, I saw this about twenty years ago. I was thirty minutes in. I turned it off. Is it is it any good?" I'm like, uh, "No, it's not good at all." Yeah, yeah, I, I can't recommend this. I I think I gave it a half a star on uh, oh. on uh, Letterboxd. Wow. That's how much I really hated this film. Um, wow. So if I can, I would probably give this no stars. 
Okay. I think it's my first no star wow. in a long time. I was going to say, I think that's maybe our first no star rating here on uh, the Best in the Backlog Challenge. Yeah. Hell, maybe on the entire I podcast, enjoy shitty films, and I watched this yeah. sober alone. If I was intoxicated and with a group of friends that like similar films, I might have had yep. a better experience. But sober, yeah, that's where the, that's what this film was made yeah, for. Yeah, sober and uh, and like first time watch, ah, not good. Can't recommend it. Yeah, I was bummed. So yeah, I actually I watched the director's cut, the U.S. cut, and the commentary track in a matter of like three days, and all the special you features because uh, I purchased the Blu-ray. Yeah. I purchased the Blu-ray at the uh, convention I went to earlier this year, and I wanted to get the review up before it actually came okay. out. And so, uh, yeah, I watched. They spent a great time, deal of time with Kathy's Curse in a very short amount of time. So, just just Google Cinefessions Kathy's Curse. You can see my full thoughts on the movie. There, this is a bad movie, but it was one that I enjoyed. Like it was so bad, it was good for me. Um, mind, I watched the longer version yeah. first, and in my review, I specifically state. I would suggest if you want to get the full what the fuckery of Kathy's Curse that you watch the shorter U.S. cut first, which is why I specifically asked that you watch the U.S. cut first to yeah. see how you responded. Now, I'm interested to see if you do get a chance to go in and watch the longer version because it actually makes the film make more sense. Because frankly, when I watched the longer version, I wasn't sure what everyone was talking about on why it didn't make all the sense. Like, sure. It it doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but it makes more sense when you watch the longer version because it's just like the the random shit they cut yeah. out of the movie. It's just like, why the fuck did you cut that? And then, so basically, all the cutting, all the nine minutes of cutting are done in the first oh, half okay. of the film. And then the second half of the film is like basically how it is in the US cut, which if you watch, well, having watched the US cut, you know that- the easiest shit to cut is all these long moments where the fucking caretaker staring at these spiders yeah. and these snakes. Like there's so many really slow moments in the second half. And I think that's the weaker half of the film that that's obviously the place yeah. to make cuts. But this, this director, this, this French director who, uh, uh, Eddie Madelon, he says, fuck that. I'm cutting shit out of the beginning of this movie for whatever reason. And so it's just like, it's a mind fuck, man. Like, it is definitely a movie you need to see with friends that like these types of movies. Uh, like I think if you and I were to watch it together with maybe, you know, Ash and sure. just some other people, I feel like we would we would appreciate it together a, a great deal. Yeah, with a few but, Bud Limes, you know. Exactly, myself. yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought the movie was just boring. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, it really slows down after the first half for me. Yeah. I, the second half is really killer. But so like the only reason this film was made was for tax reasons like they i don't know how the tax system works with films or but basically they needed to spend more money on another film or else they were going to get taxed more and so this thing came together and like man i can't remember now i want to say like one or two months like it came oh probably like two months i think it was it came together very quickly at the end of the year um because of again tax reasons like the studio needed to do another film yeah the government um, used to give really good tax uh, credits uh, to kickstart their cinematic uh i guess wing you know okay um and so everybody flocked to canada to do a whole bunch of movies so like in the 70s gotcha. a big influx of they call it can exploitation films just oh yes in, yes made in canada and there's yep. a really good book um, I have. Oh, um, I got to. I got to know what that is. Yeah, I think it's called. It came from the north, or it. Came, okay, I, I'll find it. 
Actually, I have I have a copy of it. So if you want to talk about your film, I will. Uh, I'll go find my book and I will uh, come back. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. I think it came from the north, sure, but uh, or came from within. Anyways, um, it's a book about Canadian horror films, and it's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I need that now. So yeah, definitely find that. So I will talk about misery. So. Misery was, it's, it's one of those films that I've been wanting to see forever. Um, I've seen parts of it over the years. And, and to be completely honest with you, I may have watched this whole thing back when I was like 12 or 13 at my buddy's house, but I, I just don't remember. Um, he used, that buddy used to be the, the house where like the kids used to go to watch movies that were rated R because their parents just didn't care what we watched. And so I remember watching, like all these R-rated horror movies back then, um, in his in his basement, it just blowing me away. Like that's that's the first place I watched uh, from dusk till dawn, which I was probably like I said, probably twelve, thirteen, somewhere in there. It's just it's just obviously from dusk till dawn is not a movie I should have been watching at that point. But his parents didn't care. It was rated R. I got to see lots of things I shouldn't have seen at that time, and so you know I loved it. Um, and so I may have watched it there. And the only reason I'm kind of connecting misery with his house is because I know at one point. I re- distinctly remember reading a portion of the book at his house. We were bored. We were like, what the hell are we going to do? He had all these Stephen King books from his brother. He's like, you read this one. I'll read this one. So I read like maybe uh, a little bit of it, uh, a couple chapters maybe before we got bored of that. And so maybe that's where I'm connecting it. Just the fact that it's an R-rated movie and I read the book there. So I could be going nuts, but I don't, whatever. Anyway, the point is this uh, was the first time I've watched this uh, and will be able to retain anything from it, if nothing else. So... Um, yeah. So anyway, Misery, it's about, uh, an author who, uh, just finished his latest novel and he's driving home, uh, from his like, uh, hotel room in a blizzard, uh, in, in blizzard conditions with his Mustang and he crashes. Well, uh, lucky for him, his number one fan, as she keeps insisting, sees this happen and pulls his, uh, practically lifeless body from the wreckage. Well, she happens to be a retired nurse. So she's able to, you know, get him stable while the roads are down and the phones are down and blah, blah, blah. And in case you haven't seen this one, I don't want to spoil anything. So I'll just say that her fandom starts to take a dark turn. And it's another trapped film, which I've been watching a ton of lately, uh, where the author is fighting to survive and escape her home. So Kathy Bates plays uh, the super fan Annie and James Kahn plays author Paul Sheldon. Um, and these two are just fucking brilliant in their respective roles. Um, and another actor who really blew me away was the, uh, the small town's sheriff played by Richard Farnsworth. I absolutely loved his portrayal of Buster, uh, the sheriff because he wasn't like the, like the typical bumbling old small town cop that doesn't know how to do anything. Instead, he was genuinely interested in trying to find Paul and did everything he could to make that happen. I just, uh, Farnsworth is incredibly endearing in the role and he's right up there with, with, uh, Khan and Bates in terms of acting prowess on display here. And I think it's just fucking awesome because of that. What makes Misery so damn special though? I mean, outside of the incredible performances by those three actors and, and virtually everybody in the, in the, uh, film. But what makes it so special and so memorable is how, uh, Rob Reiner, the director, <laughs> which just blows my mind that Rob Reiner directed this. Um, but, He's he's excellent director, but I don't normally see, you know, thrillers from him, horror films from him. But the way he is able to create so much tension with just a, a seemingly harmless, glib, middle-aged woman and an injured author in a wheelchair. I mean, 
I was holding my breath. I was sweating it out at different points, like just hoping that Sheldon would get through this alive because I really wanted him to. I really cared about him. And even though we spend the majority of this thing in one room, Reiner, he keeps things interesting by letting us visit the town or, or follow the sheriff every once in a while. And so, it, you know, the pacing, it clips right along. And for me, the 107 minutes of the runtime, it just flew by. Um, you know, I cannot wait to own the collector's edition Blu-ray from Scream Factory because I will definitely be purchasing that day one when it comes out um, in the next few months because the Blu-ray I own doesn't have any special features on it at all. And I would love to see more about the filming and just all the special features that that will surely have. So, Yeah, I just have the DVD and it's pretty bare bones. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love Misery. Um, it is the best Stephen King adaptation I've seen so far, and I've watched uh, a few lately, so I can uh, say that so far. I've not watched all of them, but definitely the best I've seen so far. And I, I will be happy to watch this again once it comes out on, on Blu-ray. So I'm giving Misery four out of four stars. Loved it. Thank you for oh, the rec. Right on. Hell I'm glad yeah. you did. It's it's one of my favorites. So good. Uh, so I found my book. Good. So it's called They They Came From Within. A uh, history of Canadian horror cinema. It's by uh, writer. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna spell this after I pronounce it. Calum uh, Vatsendel. So it's a C A E L U M, and last name is V A T N S D A L. It came out uh, quite a few years ago. I checked Amazon.com and .ca, and the it, the book is both just under twenty five dollars, like twenty inch. Okay. So it's um it's got some pictures. It got it's got some color pictures in the middle. But it's all about Canadian horror cinema, how it started, all the tax stuff. Uh, they do talk about Kathy's curse. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I might actually read this because it's been probably a good, oh, I think almost a decade since I, oh, wow. I think a decade ago. Um, but uh, yeah, totally worth checking out. Again, they came from within a hit of Canadian horror cinema. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. Very cool. Good stuff. So. We got to figure out what we're watching for next week. We do. All right. So I will tell you what you're watching, if you don't mind. Okay, go right ahead. Perfect. So you, uh, what I love to do, because it's uh, difficult to uh, know exactly what you haven't seen. And yeah, uh, so what I like to do is look through your through our you know Cinefashion's Instagram and see what it is that you've purchased recently, <laughs> okay. which is what I did for Kathy's Curse. So what I'm going to have you watch is one that I've been eyeing myself, and it's from Vinegar Syndrome. You purchased okay. it this past uh, weekend or maybe a couple weekends ago. Um, 1987's Psychos in Love. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so it looks interesting. The cover's fucking brutal and looks badass. So I'm really – it's one I've been wanting, so I'm interested to see if it's worth it. So I'm going to have you be my, uh, my, my guinea pig. Okay, and uh, yeah, because I believe they're Black Friday soon. Yeah. I think I saw something on, on Facebook. Actually, I oh, think it's well, tomorrow. Oh, they're doing an no. early Black Friday sale? Maybe through – oh, fuck. I have to double check. Disregard that. But I, I okay. saw something on my Facebook today. It was, a, it was an ad for them. Oh, um, gotcha. Because I know yeah. Black Friday is like the day after Thanksgiving, so like end of November for us. So maybe it's it's setting it up for next month. Could which be. Which is possible. Who knows? Yeah. I'll double check. Um, for and you, family video at you, actually has a sale going on through with Vinegar Syndrome yes. titles right now too. So yeah, I'm not going to disregard both sales just because I hope I bought just a bunch just recently. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm not going to buy any, but I'll be posting what I bought like in, in further details uh, as soon as I have a chance. Good stuff. Um, so for you, and now I'm not sure if this is updated or not as well. I just um, updated it uh, a couple days ago, so it should be good to go. Okay, so I'm going to have you watch VHS 2. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah, I think it's the best of the series. 
Um, even though you maybe watch uh, Kathy's Curse, I could say VHS viral, but I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I give you VHS number two. Excellent. Good. I'm excited to watch that one. Perfect. Yeah, I think uh, I've only seen the first one. So Yeah, it, it's pretty good. I remember enjoying it a lot. Good shit. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I liked the first one a good amount. So um, uh, actually, I, I guess I found the, the first one a little bit better than mediocre. I gave it six out of 10 on IMDb. So okay. maybe I'll like this one as much or if not more. So we'll see. Yeah, well, Excellent. So week. yeah. So uh, Mark, you will watch 1987's Psychos in Love mm-hmm. and I will watch 2013's VHS 2. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So That'll wrap things up for this week. So remember, we will be back next week, Friday, October 20th, with a review of 1962's Tales of Terror. So make sure you give that a viewing in the meantime. And as always, if you have a question for us here at the podcast, please hit us up uh, using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all questions you'd like us to answer here on the show on Twitter, and we'll do our best to answer them all. Again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're, you're not on Twitter, give us a call at one. 1- 302-448-TALK or email us at contact at for any of those questions that you have for us. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us get a reach a larger audience. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review and telling your friends about the show, letting us know, letting them know we exist is really the best thing you could do for us. So we appreciate that. Mm. And another reminder, you can always find us on social media. We love interacting with our listeners there. You can find us on uh, Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, and YouTube. So make sure you are following along on all those platforms. And also, Mark, remind our listeners where else we can find you online. Uh, You can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Nadu. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And on Instagram at mnadu 2 Fantastic. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. Mark, I hope you uh, I know you're working. Hopefully you get to at least watch one Friday the 13th film tomorrow. And I hope you have a, a great Friday the 13th. Well, thank you. And you as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 107 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.